fools you know not what you do. Romeo! Thou art a villain. My only love sprang from my only hate. Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes, in William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I am fortune Rated PG-13. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. It's our Valentine's Day weekend episode. It is. How about that? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, this is uh, this was a very fun movie. I'm glad we finally got around to it. Yes. We've been talking about this movie for a while. We have a very special guest. Yes, indeed. So, very happy to let's be do here it. where we're recording. Everybody out there listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies that made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Scott. Can you introduce our wonderful guest and uh, our host for the yeah. evening? And let's, let's talk about what movie we yeah, just watched. Yeah, so we watched Romeo and Juliet, released November 1st, 1996. Of course, directed by one Mr. Baz Luhrmann, Indeed. with very good friend of both Pete and I, Espy Quintero. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome okay. to the show, Espy. I'm so excited because... <laughs> I listen to you guys religiously. Yes. And we not- talk, we've talked about you on the show, too. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Every time I listen to you guys, and you guys are like, we've been talking about this for a while. I'm like, really? You're excited about every movie? You've been talking about this for a while? I'm like, no, this is true no, about we us. <laughs> we have. It's I was true. like, now it's I believe it. I believe it. I'm like, really? And I was like, no, we've been talking about this for like This one's been three in years? the works yeah. for a while. I think... Pretty much since season one. Yeah. Yeah. Since we started We've wanted show. to do this movie with you. Yeah. Yes. And also this movie uh, has been requested by guests too, or has been, this movie has been requested by listeners. So it's a movie that I think people are really excited for us to talk about. I hope so. Yeah. And can I just say, Pete and I have been friends since I was in the eighth grade people. Yeah. Yes. Wild. Uh, a long mm-hmm. time. And I was a 27 year old man. No. <laughs> 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 You're all but 12. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, we have known each other for a very, we've known each other longer than we haven't known each other. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I say a lot, you know, if people try to get me on something, one of my big comebacks, one of my go-to retorts is, you don't know my life. She does know my life. <laughs> yeah. I really I do. I can't say that to her. <laughs> I'm like, Peter, I do. We've seen each other through all our tragic styles, but all our coolness too. Yes, but anyway, absolutely. I just had to be say, like, I, I love your podcast episode. You. I listen to it whenever I go grocery shopping because I don't like going grocery shopping. Okay. And so you guys, like, I'm cracking <laughs> up in the aisle, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> laughing at the meat, yeah. you know, but anyway, thanks for having me. Oh, Let's well, do this. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm very honored to help you pick out fruit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hello. <laughs> Who better? So, I mean, Romeo and Juliet, man. Romeo and Juliet. I feel like now you've just become one of our friends that whenever I think of this movie, uh-huh. I immediately think of you. Oh. And I think that we've watched sure. it together yeah. at least once. We did so, last year. Well, we during the pandemic year. for mm-hmm. Valentine. Oh, okay. this is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you guys were were our pan- pandemic buddies, mm-hmm. mine and my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, we were very safe, and we would you know quarantine. But yeah. yeah, we watched it together. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, okay, a lot of uh, a lot of times, usually at the top of the show, we talk about where you know where we were the first time we saw this movie or how mm-hmm. we were introduced to it. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been that long. So <laughs> I was I was pretty young when this movie came out. I think that I was probably. 
11 years old when I watched it, but mm. I grew up with siblings that were teenage and junior high girls. Mm. So I was very familiar with this movie as a kid yeah. and probably one of the first big like cultural experiences with William Shakespeare mm. was through Baz's Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like that movie just felt like the biggest movie of all time. I mean, I used to watch MTV a lot at my dad's house. It yeah. was all over MTV. This soundtrack was gigantic. Oh my God. The sound, like when we talked about this, I was like, you guys, how are we going to approach this? Like, costumes, <laughs> music, yeah. actors. It's just, there's so much good stuff. Great candy, I think, in yeah, this movie. And absolutely. I remember my sisters being really into Leo. And I remember. <laughs> My sister Nicole had a framed photo of Leo from this movie. As if he was her boyfriend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend I Leo. I think that she had probably Love cut it. it out of like YM Magazine or something. Right. Yeah. And do. it was Leo, I think, in the nights, in the night costume. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Espy, when did you first watch Romeo and Juliet? Well, I was a senior when mm-hmm. this movie came out. So- Target audience. Target, yeah, mm-hmm. singer, right? Made for you. And I was in love with Claire Danes for my so-called life and mm-hmm. still upset that they had canceled it. <laughs> you know, I knew yeah. of Leonardo DiCaprio, but I really hadn't followed his work up to this point. I just knew he was a heartthrob. Yeah. But I remember when I saw the preview, I was like, what the? And I just <laughs> yeah. could not wait. And so I knew I, the first time I went to see it was with my then boyfriend. But I think I saw this movie at least four times in the theater. Yeah. I was obsessed. Let me tell you, Scott, and, and Pete can <laughs> attest to this. Sure. I was so obsessed that I sewed my own angel wings to wear to prom. Iconic. <laughs> right? And I remember my sisters were like, you're going to regret that when you're an adult. You're going to look back. And guess what? Joke's I'm, on them. I'm a fucking lady now. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. No regrets. <laughs> and when I tell you that she made these wings, the feathers are like hand sewn. Yes. Uh, they're insane. They looked like professionally, like... Because they weren't available. No, no, I no, went no. looking yeah. everywhere. I mean, yeah. now you can find angel wings oh, yeah. everywhere. Anywhere. Back then, I went to costumes, rentals. Yeah. Like, you cannot find angel wings. And I was like, well, I'm just going to sew these. I mean, to make them. Catherine Martin, <laughs> uh, the wife of Baz, I mean, she had to do the same thing. So they had to make them for the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you being like 17 years old, I just was made your own. Obsessed. Like yeah. if I could have, I would have dressed my boyfriend up like a knight. We just couldn't find that anywhere. So. Yeah, I mean that that chainmail just looks really complicated to make. I know, mm-hmm. but I'm saying this is the obsession. Yeah. It was real. Would the nuns have let him in in a knight costume? And I not talked suits? to the nuns about it. <laughs> I was like, if my boyfriend came like this, and they're like, well, last year this girl came Renaissance, and her boyfriend came Renaissance, and we approved it before. Okay. And they're like, so I don't see why not because they saw why I was doing it. Right, you know? right, right. And and they were all about it. Wow. Yeah. That's and it's kind like, of amazing. It's, and it's also pretty Catholic. I mean, you get like the angel, an angel and a knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. So it's like literary. Well, that's what I do remember about um, me being introduced to this movie is that we read, uh, I'll never forget, I, I talk about this kind of a lot, um, that when I was, I want to say a sophomore, that Brother Cecil taught us uh we read and i still have the book to this day it's uh, a single book and it has both scripts for romeo and juliet and west side story yes in the same book so cool and yeah and we uh we read that in brother cecil's uh like i don't remember if it was drama or english i think it was a drama class and um so i was really familiar with like the text of 
you know, Romeo and Juliet because I had just learned it in school, you know, and, um, brother Cecil was an amazing teacher. He was really fun. He was one of my favorite teachers. He was very flamboyant. And, um, when I call him brother Cecil, I was taught by Christian brothers, um, at a, a yeah, we both went school. to Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. You were all boy. I was all girls. Yeah, Catholic school. Yeah. And, uh, although you had uniforms and we did not. Yes. <laughs> but Pete and his friends would come to my school after school and pick us up. Yes, we would. <laughs> and and you, go to your dances. I, I was going to say, you guys used to go to each other's dances. Oh yeah. Pete mm-hmm. went to all our proms except our senior prom because yes. you had to babysit Jamie. I did. My but sister you, was a baby. Yeah. So you came to the after party after, but we uh, digress. Yes. You know. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, I remember just being very familiar with the Romeo and Juliet as well as West Side Story kind mm-hmm. of text. And so when this movie came around, uh, what I do remember is a lot of the MTV mm-hmm. spots where they would, you know, kind of reassure the audience, like the way we deliver these lines, it's the text. We didn't yeah. update. Cause I think one of the big things was this kind of controversy that it was mm-hmm. this updated Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. right? Which we have to talk about how, how it is updated because it is set in like a modern world, but it's not quite our it's like the Warriors, kind of. Like, it's not our No, world. you know, actually what I love that Baz yeah. Luhrmann did is, like, it's timeless. Yeah. In a yeah. sense. You it's don't know set, when it is. It's yeah. set in its own universe. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the cars, like, mm-hmm. those cars no, are No, they don't nuts. exist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people were like, oh, why are they updating it? Like, you know, and then they ultimately did, like, they do Othello. Yes, they did. With, they updated it, and yeah. it was in like a. I think oh. it was in a Catholic school. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, you know things like that, and those don't always work well, and they become they eventually become a little bit dated. Um, but I feel like with this one, they used the text, and right? they don't like rap, and they're not rapping anything. or something stupid. Yeah. yeah, it's very Saved by the Bell. But the way that these actors deliver the lines, you know, you have these. Um, Great adult actors in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete Postlethwaite and the the actors who are the parents who are, you know, Lady Capulet and, you know, uh, Brian Dennehy and Paul Sorvino as Capulet and Montague. And don't forget uh, Monica and Monica Ross's, and Ross's mom from yep. Friends. From Christina Friends. Pickles. Oh, that's right. Christina yeah. Pickles. <laughs> Second movie we've done, of, we've done of her. She was in Masters she's of in the Masters, Universe. She's yep. the sorceress. Also, we should mention second Jamie Kennedy movie, Back to Back. Oh, yeah. We just did Scream. I was thinking about <laughs> that. We can, we yeah. can talk about those we scenes just did later. Scream, too. Um, so you have these heavy hitters playing the adult characters, you know, and Pete Postlethwaite is like this actor of like, yeah, some important. And know. he looks like a priest. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. an, you yeah. could throw him into an air or a, like a drug dealer. Yeah. Like one of the two. Or <laughs> right. Absolutely. Or yeah. one or the other. <laughs> and I think they're playing it pretty straight. I mean, everybody's playing it straight. Nobody's playing it jokey. But I think that the younger actors, and I think in particular, Leo and Claire just have this kind of naturalistic kind of way of expressing themselves. They have yeah. fun with Romeo's Th- friends, That you too. just kind of understand what they're saying totally you know polo and i were my husband polo and i were watching this movie and we're like yeah like when you watch it in this context you understand why they're reciting it the way they are like when you just read it i remember freshman year going home with my romeo and juliet book and being so freaking excited because i'm gonna read this love story and i open it and i'm like what What? is Mm -hmm. happening Mm -hmm. you know and like but when you watch it the way they're they're delivering it you're like oh that's what that means Mm -hmm. you know and polo was saying even if i didn't understand what they were saying their actions the reactions yeah. the yeah. expressions yeah is and clear. especially just how boz directs all of the actors too yeah. that yeah. you can definitely you can easily know what's going on as it, opposed to just straight up reading it right well you know last night and as we were watching the, it 
the story through images. Yeah. yeah. Um, I pulled up the script online because it's you know Shakespeare. Nobody really owns it. It's just public domain. So you can just, I just pulled it up online. I could have gone and got my book, but I didn't. Probably turned to dust. It's so old. <laughs> In the wind. <laughs> Bye. Um, but so I pull up the script and yeah, they're saying these lines and then I'm like finding the scenes. I'm like, okay, here we are. And as I'm reading it, I'm just like, what the hell? When you read it on the page, it's just these, like these actors are really like, they know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I wouldn't be able to have the imagination to say, what if I said it this way? What yeah. if I put this inflection mm-hmm. here or there? And even like, you know, nurse and like all, and she's like so good. She's yeah. a comedic actress. That's Miriam Margulies. Mm-hmm. And, um, not Hispanic, not, not Latina. She yeah. is British, not, not Latina. Yeah. She's British. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As yeah. being a Latina woman on this <laughs> She's podcast, I'm like, oh, really? She just looked like one of your tias. Uh, <laughs> she really, you know, and I yeah. was like, you know, she plays that stereotypical role, which, you know, now isn't really acceptable, but yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's the tia, you know, yeah. but you know what I love is that I know she's written as a comic relief from mm-hmm, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. but She's not so like ridiculous in right. this. Yes. Like honestly, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, I do have a tia like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that relationship, the way the banter, yeah. you know, but the way they take care of you as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I yeah. totally relate. To well, I, not to get too into the the West Side Story, you know, of it all, but that character is the analogy for Anita. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so right. it's like she is. A little bit more than just like the the maid or whatever. So right, yeah, right. she's she's ju- like when and last night I feel like more than ever I'm watching this and I'm just like, man, Juliet is so isolated. She yeah. has nobody. Yeah, the yeah. nurse is her only friend. Yes. Oh my god. And we'll you know I don't know yeah. when we get into it, but that scene where the dad loses shit on the mom and mm-hmm. like. She just leaves her there. And like her nurse is her only comfort. Yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And it just shows you. But that's true, especially in in those cultures, in the mm-hmm. Latino cultures where the parents do have a lot of money and the nanny is basically yeah. raising the yeah. kid. That is the person that you're going to turn to when yeah, you're totally. in doubt and pain, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Yeah. No, the, the, the actors are all like they're doing their job. They're mm-hmm. doing stuff that like – and the, that's the thing. I can't like – I suggest like – Find the script and take a look at it. Like I said, it's online. It's free. You don't have yeah. to go out and buy it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those things that if you're not an actor, you just don't have – I don't know. I just don't have the instincts to make it real. Well, you know, Shakespeare is writing it like a script, right? So yeah. it's not like he's giving you a it's narration a play, where yeah. he's saying, you know, and then Romeo's feel feeling like, like this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah. the, you don't know the subtext of yeah. what's going on with the parents. And they give you this in yeah. this movie. They yeah. give you so much subtext like just – it's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about you. What you said touched briefly on how we, you know, we couldn't really get away with having maybe a character like the nurse yeah. today. Well, especially I think with the casting of Claire Danes. And I was thinking last night. I was like, okay, so they're going, they're drawing from Latino and Hispanic culture of mm-hmm. that. Just sort of this environment for the Capulets. For the Capulets oh, yeah. is very. It's very Mexico. It's a rich. It's a. It's a rich Latin family. Mm-hmm. That I was trying to think last night. I was like, how? Like, who could they have brought in that was a Latina at the time that could draw people into the seats? And I really couldn't think of anyone. Mm. Well, that's the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like today, again, going back to something like West Side Story, I feel like. It's more important to get the casting right 
for um, culturally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and bring in somebody that we don't know. Right. Like this actress who was Maria, she was so good. Yeah. But like none of us knew her. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure she had had a couple of credits, but yeah, Rachel Zegler, I think her name yeah, is. Yeah, Rachel Zegler. Not a name, mm-hmm. you know. Talking about the new the Spielberg new, West Side the Story. New Spielberg yeah. West Side Story. In 1996, when they're making this movie, there was no question that they had to get the two leads had to be teen stars. Right. They had to be pops, you know, culturally relevant. Right. And I don't think it was ever a question, well, maybe let's go for an unknown Latina girl so we can make it fit mm-hmm. into our storyline. Yeah, you're they, absolutely right. They, want, they had to get somebody like Claire Danes. Okay, but the, there's... Not getting too but political, but there's like a classist to... classist thing in sure. Mexico yeah, too. Absolutely. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because you have the fair skin, yeah, yeah. you know, Latinos versus yeah. the darker skin, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, just, they're they're usually yeah. the help. Yeah. There's so much colorism. discrimination. Just within turn on that like team. a telenovela or the yeah. news. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Color, colorism is absolutely real. So yeah, there's something to be said there. And too. and the thing is the the uh, the actress who is Lady Capulet, mm-hmm. um, Diet Jessica Lang. Diana, um, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with her. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. She, I was like, I was, she looks like... I was like, Jerry Hall. <laughs> Jerry, yeah, Jessica Lang. She's, she's doing a very Jerry Hall kind of she? performance. Because she's, she's saying these lines with a Southern accent. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but she's very clearly like a white woman. And Paul Servino even is Italian. Is Italian. So, so that's what I was going to say. There yeah. is no like consistency the only thing is tybalt you know john leguizamo and then all of his diane verona diane verona okay she's also in the ethan hawk hamlet is it too. verona like jake like romeo and juliet verona venora venora okay diane venora excuse okay. me but yeah john leguizamo and then his his friends at the beginning the very first scene of the movie yeah. you know all those guys that come out those are Latin guys. Yeah, and John Leguizamo is what Colombian. He's Colombian. Yeah, okay. as we found out in Encanto. <laughs> yes. Yep. So well, I haven't seen Encanto Ooh, yet. I know. It. I got to see it with my parents oh, too. Oh, like you should watch it. I parents, know. Yeah. I'm probably going to cry. But okay, so let's talk about the setup. You know, just the fact that Baz Luhrmann chose to do it in these Latin countries, right? Yes, he chose yeah. Mexico City. Mm-hmm. He chose um, Boca del Rio and Veracruz, mm-hmm. or no, Boca del Rio, del Rio is Veracruz, and then he did Miami, and. Mm-hmm. I think they shot some of it in Miami. Yeah, oh, Miami wow. Beach, Miami okay. Beach. Cool. And what I think is so that cool tracks. about these settings is the economic divide yes. is yes. so strong. Yes. The rich America. are really, really rich, and the poor are really, really poor. Yeah, and you know, a lot of it has to do with our treaties with NAFTA and yeah. stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we got to take that responsibility. <laughs> but okay, so there's that. So I think that backdrop is so true. To what's happening with these two feuding families, right? Mm-hmm. Right, they're mafia families, but mm-hmm. they own these big empires, right? Yeah, and um, and then you see that, like, if, if you watch or if you follow the stories of the narcotraficantes, mm-hmm. it's just like you have these guys at the top, but then the youth is running amok. Yeah, yeah. you know the generation, the generations further down mm-hmm. are running amok in the street because they have all this money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you access know? to weapons mm-hmm. and all yeah. all that. Yeah. That's so crazy. And when you really kind of freeze frame and pay attention, they that's there. All that yeah. stuff oh, is my God. there. Can we talk movie? about yeah, it's very the clever. opening yeah. when they're doing those shots that look like the news and it's the um, militia, mm-hmm. you know, that's enforcing the law. That's very true. There is footage of that in the 80s when the drug yeah. wars were going on. I'm yeah. like, this is an influence of the drug wars. Yeah. And these guys, especially like, you know, I think the Capulets, it's also a nod to the sharks, being right. the Latinos, yeah. right? Yeah. Being yeah. the Latinos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also with their religious tattoos, 
with the Virgin Mary on their back, mm-hmm. like that's what gangsters do. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you don't want to get raped in jail or you want to make somebody uncomfortable. <laughs> you put a tattoo of the Virgin and the Guadalupe on your back. Yeah. Yeah. So I was all over that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all, I mean, I'm all, that's what I got. And also yeah. just sort of this political context that, I mean, I could see a lot of people in Hollywood if he, if Boz was that like forward with that as themes with them, mm-hmm. they would probably say no way, like no yeah. fucking way. But Boz just sort of slips it in, and it's so seamless yes. that yeah. I could see it going over a lot of people's heads. Like it's yeah. stuff that when I was a kid, I would have never even thought about. I didn't think about it till now. Like yeah. no, it's <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, guys. Yeah. Like back then, I was just like, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's so many colors, yeah. you know. But yeah, we were watching it last night, and when you get those opening shots of. Mm-hmm. The Montague boys going down the road. Pete's like, oh, yeah, that's fully like a Mexico City freeway. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, okay, so let's talk about our introdu- introduction. The yeah, opening. So you you asked me off mic what my favorite scene of the movie is. And I think it's I think it's this opening setup. Really? Of the Montagues and the Capulets. Because it's that way that Boz directs movies that... It's it's that thing that Boz does when he directs movies, and he did the same thing in The Moulin Rouge, that the first 10 minutes of this movie, it's everything is just cranked up to 100 just yeah. because he kind of wants to tell the audience, I'm going to take you on a fucking ride. Yeah. And these 10 minutes are just so exhilarating. Yeah. But you have to, as an audience member, you're watching it going, okay, th- that's what this movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of in this mindset of like... The fast cuts and the editing and the, you know, sped and up. it's later kind of, like, calmed down it's a little bit. Down, yeah. Like, after, like, minute 15 of this movie. Well, when you get introduced to Julia. And mm-hmm. I still, I want to go back to this gas station yes, scene. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, the minute you get introduced to her, you're absolutely right. She's isolated. She's yeah. in her own world. And mm-hmm. that's when you're like, oh, there's a breath. She's introduced yeah. introduced yeah. underwater. Yeah. That she's almost, like, suffocating and she doesn't have room for air. Or like the little Two. mermaid. Yep. No, she's okay. okay. <laughs> she's a she's part got- of your world. <laughs> and she's got that good underwater wig on at that mm-hmm. point. Oh, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, we're going to put a pin in Claire Dane's wig and hair. That's a but, whole topic, guys. So I remember being a, a whole kid episode. <laughs> and watching the first 10 minutes of these movies. And I'm like 11 years old. I'm seeing all of these cute boys all sweaty, their shirts <laughs> open. Jamie Kennedy licks his nipple. That's right. In that opening he scene, does. when like and he has pink hair, he has pretty pink hair, yeah. And there's like the whole back and forth with like the sisters, yeah, too. nuns, yeah, and the nuns, yeah. the novices. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. we have this introduction of the two families, and I love, love, love how stylized it is. Yeah, yeah. you know, I love that the Montague boys are like this surfer punk, mm-hmm. but with their dog tags, it's like they have these army crew cuts, so it's like they've yeah. been. In, they've been in the army that's why they're so violent you yeah. know and then we get to introduce kim barrett and Catherine martin like their costume design mm-hmm. these hand-painted hawaiian shirts hand-painted yeah, hawaiian shirts. Oh, they so have cool. to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're insane i mean that's the thing it's like the 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 clothes stand out so much and you know leo just the image of leo in this blue like flower shirt mm-hmm and doesn't Friar Lawrence start off wearing the shirt and he gives it yes. to him later on? Which like, is, if you if you look at it really, both Claire Danes and Leo are subdued the whole time. Their right. their costumes are a lot more chill yeah. than everybody else. He's yeah. introduced in the white in the white shirt. Yeah, yeah. Too. But so in this gasoline station mm-hmm. scene, that's your favorite where yep. we get introduced. We see very stylized, like the Capulets have this more 
Spanish cowboy flair. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it has that like also it's very sophisticated. Yeah. You know, um the boots like like the like the steel boots. All everything mm-hmm. was handmade, guys. It had to be, yeah. It, but it was and yeah. they had local artisans do them. They said that the only thing that they borrowed was like Leo's Prada suit on the okay, wedding scene. Sure. But every the boots were handmade, wow. like yeah, because all the the little thing on Tybalt's boots on the, on his heel, the it's silver? a cat, you know, the like mm-hmm. silver. So it's like, yeah, that had to be like hand hand pressed. It's like you can't buy this stuff off the rack. And their guns, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. all the all the iconography on the on the Capulet boys' weaponry yeah. had, you know. Had all the religious iconography on them. That's not something. But the Montagues too. If you look at their Hawaiian shirts, they have. Oh yeah. You know, but okay. So, also when I saw the gasoline station, it kind of reminded me of Zoolander. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, which came after. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, oh, gas fight. <laughs> <laughs> like these, like the way they're dressed, the yeah. way they're hanging out of their cars. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like oh, it's kind of like Zoolander. Yeah, totally. So we see this introduction, this big brawl that sets up the scene, right? Yeah. What's happening. And then we cut quickly to the Capulet's house. And yes, houses like that in Mexico City. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in the Condesa, Mm -hmm. you have these huge houses gated off. Some of them have these high gates with barbed wire too, you know? um, It's just so disconnected to the rest Mm -hmm. of the city Mm -hmm. that you would never even know that this poverty even exists inside Mm -hmm. these walls of this house Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, there is that disconnection and so we see claire danes with gavin friday's angel yeah right that song (laughs) echoing in the background facing down which we then see that view of leo when he's in the bathroom right when the party right yeah yeah because he's he's high on molly or whatever so he's trying (laughs) to like yeah 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 so that's where we get introduced to her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and so that's what we're saying, how we want to like really focus on the costumes in these scenes and yeah. the music. And to me, I, I really want to bring up the water too. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a theme like throughout the entire movie. And not just with the two of them, with other characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, with, with Tybalt and yeah, all of them. Um, John Leguizamo, I want to talk a little bit about his, his styling, yeah. you know, and the Tybalt character. And if you watch the... Zeffirelli, Romeo and Juliet, which we all love, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Did you, you see, see that in high school? I, yes, we did. And There's, I remember her teacher see, commenting you see on Romeo's his button. Yeah. yeah, and her teacher mm-hmm. commented, she was like, How do you think he got those tan lines? <laughs> right? <laughs> if he's wearing tights, <laughs> why so, did he lay out in his briefs? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we watched the we watched this one in high school. Okay. You watched oh, the Baz Luhrmann the version. The Baz one. You're That's reminding amazing. us how yep. young how you are. Young, Get yeah. out of my house. Yeah. yeah we all, we had to watch the Zeffirelli version in high yes. school. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in, in that version, we get Michael York Ooh. as Tybalt. And right? also and 60s Michael York. 60s so Michael cute. York. Get, get right out of town. Right. And the thing about uh, the Tybalt character, he's described in the book or in the play, the Prince of Cats, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he's described as having a very showy kind of fighting style. And they really did that with... And you can definitely see it in John's performance yes. in this movie. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of like very like dancerly kind of like movement. Almost like flamenco, right? Yes, mm-hmm. like, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. What about drawn among these heartless hinds? Turn thee, Benvolio, and look upon thy death. I do but keep the peace. Put up thy sword. 
or manage to part these men with me. Peace. Peace. I hate the word. As I hate hell. All Montagues. And thee. Oh, and another thing that they did that I think I heard this in the commentary like years ago is that they like uh, Baz and I think Catherine Martin kind and he has a co-writer. I can't remember his name, um, but they came up with all of these kind of like rules mm. for these kids in the society that they have. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, it's like they all have guns. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're just going to have a shoot, you know. Romeo and Tybalt have a duel. Tybalt and Mercutio have a duel. So it's like they're just going to stand there and shoot each other. So they had to come up with these kind of elaborate kind of rules that they all kind of followed like this code. And so jumping ahead a little bit, there's that thing where they pull out each other's guns and they take out every bullet but one so that they do have kind of more of a classical kind of duel and it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more fair I guess you could say so they went through the trouble of coming up with this like very real society Mm -hmm. yeah the audience has no idea idea. it goes over it just goes over their head they're just not making it violent for the sake of making it violent but when you watch it you're going what are they doing yeah Mm -hmm. you know when because it's Tibble doesn't pull out his own gun his His, uh, his right cousin, arm, his yeah, big guy, yeah, yeah, his yeah, lieutenant, you yeah, know, there we go. comes lieutenant. in and does it for him and shows everybody only one bullet left in yeah. the in the magazine and puts it back in, you know. And Marquisio tries to do it for Romeo and Romeo doesn't let him do it. We'll talk about that. But it's like it's this kind of code that's there because, you know, we've got guns instead of swords, and so it's just how layered all of yeah. this shit is. And and I feel like Tybalt is the one where you see, and his outfit is the most layered, the most mm-hmm. like elaborate. He's got these like flamenco moves. His little his we are commenting on his little waist and his pants. like twenty seven inch. <laughs> I think that yeah, no I shit. think that's for the party when he's when he's dressed up as the devil. Yeah, and he's, he's sort of well. Wearing, he wears those vests. He's wearing like, like a vest or some sort of like a cummerbund. And you just see John's like teeny little waist in that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what I wanted to get at too is I was reflecting on how you seem, you're, you feel like you're walking into chaos when yes. this movie yes. starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is actually consistency, like yeah, how yeah. you're saying. There's like, rules to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not just chaos. Yeah. Like it's well thought out chaos. Well, what I was thinking was it almost feels like the Capulet's wardrobe I don't, I don't know if it is, but it almost feels like their vests. They all are wearing vests, and they almost look like Kevlar, like bulletproof yeah. vests. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And the Montagues are all wearing open Hawaiian shirts with nothing, no T-shirt, just open shirt, mm-hmm. no body armor at all. So the Montagues are just, are they that just a little bit more like crazy, a little bit I, more like we don't care? Yeah, kind well, of like a live free and die hard yeah. sort of Well, I philosophy. think the Montagues, yeah. I think there is an... They're inferring that they have been in war. Mm-hmm. That's why these boys have dog tags on. Yeah. And now, after you've been in those I never trenches, picked up on that. Yeah, and that's kind of. And they have those crew cuts. Yeah, yeah. and one after- of them straight up bald, which is another military. So thing. I think once you've been in those trenches, mm-hmm. you're like, Psh, 
Yeah. We didn't wear no mm-hmm. bulletproof vests. I'm vest. not going to wear Kevlar <laughs> on the street. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when exactly. I'm home. But the, the Capulets, they're all wearing these vests that are like, yeah. But I also feel like the Capulets have this like state of the art in everything. Yes. Like they're going to have the latest mm-hmm. in yeah. everything. Because yeah. they're a, a little bit more rich or maybe more new rich. Yeah. You know, so they're, so they're like, we're going to get gadgets and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I would say that the Montagues are more working class, but I mean, their parents seem, yeah, their parents like so. pull up in a limo. Yeah, Brian so. You know, I be. think it's very um, telling of, yeah, like, oh, and I say this lo- loosely, like, but like American money, <laughs> yeah, kids, yeah, sure. rich kids with yeah. American money will come off very different yeah. from the fresas, which they call them in Mexico, like the, the, n- those are more like the stuck-up, preppy Mexican with money, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, over there, they don't want you to remotely think they're from the streets. Right. Mm-hmm. They want the finest, the classiest. I mean, they look like pageantry. Yeah, yeah. You know? Even in the towns that have less money, mm-hmm. the women, like, they do not... They don't want to look like they don't have money. Right. So mm-hmm. the way you look is really important. Yeah, yeah. You know? I say it all loosely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, I've heard. Because I am not an expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, this is all just to say that these filmmakers, who, by the way, are from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So what even reference do they have for North American, Latin America? Like, they had to do so much research, but they mm-hmm. did it all in a way that we, as Americans and Latin America, are just like... Yeah. This all tracks. Yeah. yeah. This all makes oh, a yeah. lot of sense. All the religious iconography. Yeah. I was all over. I mean, being raised as a Mexican Catholic. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Mexican Catholic. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this resonates. <laughs> like all of this. This is my teenage life, guys. Minus all have, the money. Did you have um, Juliet's little uh, uh, virginal Guadalupe? Like, <laughs> like altar? Altar. Well, I didn't mm-hmm. have her altar, but like if you walked into my house, like you could categorize how many crucifixes there yeah, are in my parents' yeah, house, yeah. rosaries, Virgen de Guadalupe. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, even in Juliet's bedroom, there were like stickers on the door, yeah. but it yeah. was, I mean, it was all like religious stuff, but yeah. it was like, they still went out of their way to make it look like a teen room. A teen, yeah. Yeah. So can we talk about this uh, party or? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I would like <laughs> to discuss, ball. but I would like to <laughs> first discuss Claire Danes. So oh, you sure. said that you yeah. grew up on party of five. No, no, or, it, you well, said, yes, so but <laughs> you said that I'm sorry. You said that you grew up on my so-called life. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I would wait for the next episode. It was so good. And Pete and I were pissed. Oh my god! When that thing ended. Yeah. And then you know, Polo brought up. He's all, "Why didn't they use Jordan Catalano as Romeo?" <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably, probably discussed. Knocked my socks off. Um, yeah. Looking at all of the actresses that they read for Juliet is very mm. interesting. I'd like to read off yeah, some of do them. It. <laughs> Apparently, Sarah Michelle Geller got very far in the audition nope. and was almost more or less cast. But according to the internet, she couldn't. She had too many commitments to the soap that she was doing. All my children. So Wasn't she, she couldn't. Swans Crossing. Who was on Swans Crossing? She was on Swans Crossing. Oh, that, was was, yeah, that was but Sarah. But yeah, she was on All My Children at the time. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't. Uh, she couldn't sort of uh, get out of that. Her commitment to that like interfered. Mm-hmm. Other actresses that had read for the role of Juliet: Jennifer Love Hewitt, Aaliyah, Kate Winslet, and Christina Ricci. 
What about Natalie Portman? She read and Natalie oh, Portman, and was she was thing. thirteen, and yeah. they're saying she was really good, but he was twenty one, and she was thirteen. And it a just too, the age difference too, just yeah. looked too big, and she just yeah. looked like a child. And when she was that yeah. age in Beautiful Girls, yeah. she looked very young. Yeah, so. and I love her in that. Movie. She's so yeah, she's mm-hmm. good in it. Although that whole relationship is so wildly inappropriate. We just did a revisit of Beautiful Girls. <laughs> I love um, that movie. Yeah, I know it's so inappropriate. Yeah, you guys, we were like, like whoa, yes, this is crazy, and um. And I guess that they read uh, Claire Danes with Leo, uh-huh. and Leo said that Claire was the only one that actually looked at him and really played the scene with him. Yeah, that she looked him in the eyes. Right? She looked him in the eyes when reading the lines. All right, and Leo she wasn't staring at the bulge. Had to <laughs> insist on Leo had to insist on casting Claire. Okay, so I guess that I guess he had a big part of casting her. Yeah, and he was she was one of his favorites. That he read with. But did you read that they didn't get along? Like that she had a crush on I him? I had heard that. And that yeah, comes out repeatedly that. that she did have a crush on him, but that she found him really immature because he would okay. play all these pranks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's also... I mean, and he thought she was too frigid. It's Leo from like 96. Or rigid. Yeah. rigid I could see yeah. both of it. I could honestly. see both sides. Yeah. 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 I could yeah. see both of that I because mean, I could also see her taking that role very seriously and yes. being like, I ain't got time yeah. for you. And, your, it's, and yeah. it's one of those things that like, I love SMG, like the... Next gay, like I grew up on Buffy, but I just don't really think this is on. This is in Sarah's wheelhouse mm-hmm. yeah. to do a role like this. Not saying that she couldn't, and right. probably if she was in this movie, her career would have probably gone a very different direction, mm-hmm. and you may have seen her in more movies. But especially like the last section of this movie when Claire Danes breaks out the crying face, yeah. well, that you're that's like what she that does. you're like, holy shit! That's a Claire Danes old mm-hmm. faithful that yeah. cry face. Oh yeah, I mean. and that uh, uh, the way she does <laughs> it, it's so ugly but it's so good good. and i have to say like claire danes and leo throw some really good tantrums in this movie yeah (laughs) and i was like yeah that is teenage psychosis like breakdown like like you don't understand everything's the end of the world yeah it really is and they play it well and it's so believable and that's how you feel it's just like kids can't you just like cool it for a month so wait this out last (laughs) night a little bit about casting and scott said do you think drew read for it because mm-hmm. I'm like, sure Drew is reading for everything well, at the I'm time. I'm sure she wanted to, or maybe she submitted a tape, but I don't know that she would have been able to get no. this kind of performance. I mean, out of 1995, Drew Barrymore. What I mean, what about like the first 10 minutes of Scream, though, where she has to like that's that's scream one scream and cry in that in that movie. I think honestly, intuitively, I feel like Drew Barrymore already had such a career. That's kind of what I thought too. Mm-hmm. That like yeah. we know her as like even in Scream. Yeah. Like yes, it's Drew Barrymore being very dramatic, and she's really good at doing mm-hmm. drama. You know uh, what is it? Not boys on the side. Not writing in boys. Right. Boys on the side. Yeah. Boys on the side. Yeah. yeah. I'm right. Mixing up two of her movies, mm-hmm. but like yeah, she does drama well. But I wouldn't be able to take away the fact that's Drew Barrymore. Right. That's and, Drew Barrymore. And the other thing too is that she's actually I want to say she's younger than Leo. Mm-hmm. Is she? I. But that's the thing. I think Juliet needs to read on camera as very, very young. Yeah. And I think to our eyes, she's just too much of his contemporary. Mm-hmm. And sure. she's been around in the industry longer. Yeah. So she almost comes across as older Would than Would almost him. read older. Sure. You're right. You know? Yeah, yeah I think you're that. right. All yeah. the experience she has like yeah. in the industry and in life. Yeah, makes you think that Drew Barrymore's like thirty. Yes, because she's the right age, but it just—I feel like something would have been too much of a disconnect with, the, with the audience, so especially for this time. Yeah. In so Drew's maybe career. maybe it did have to be Claire, but you know, I don't know. Was was Gwyneth Bill, was Gwyneth busy? 
<laughs> I mean, or was she too old? I don't know. Maybe she would. I feel like read Gwyneth would have read older than Leo, and mm-hmm. also Gwyneth, I think, oh, yeah. was considered as Rose in Titanic, and that's the thing is that Leo that's made why I her up. this in Titanic back to back. I mean, when I look at Leo's filmography on this time, and I'm seeing. All of these movies that he made year after year after year, did that kid step foot in a classroom at all in the 90s? Did, yeah. Did he go to school? It's uh, like, knows? what's eating Gilbert Concept, Grape, yeah. A Boy's Life, Marvin's yeah. Room, Romeo and Juliet, Titanic, Man he, in the Iron he Mask. He has an equivalency. To he ah. came out of his mother's womb with a script in yes. his hand. <laughs> so uh, Drew was born in February 75 and Leo November of 74. So they're really? months apart. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would have never. Yeah. So she was twenty one around that mm-hmm. she had the time yeah. too. Yeah. Interesting. I'm okay. glad that we got Claire. Yes. No, I think she. I, I think yeah. she was perfect. It's iconic. And I think Baz Luhrmann really knew what he was doing. Yes. yes. Getting these mm-hmm. like hot teen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these pop. hot teen actors that could act too. Yes. It's not right. like you're you're getting like a Disney star that's done like a few sitcoms. Did, okay. Here's, they had major movies. Well, here's my question. Under did, belt. did Claire Danes pull the? Uh, Carrie Russell, America Ferrera, and win a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Drama the first year of My So-Called Life? Yes. I think she did. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's fitting to the Globes. They usually, they, they, they usually do that to young They actresses. give the young yeah. ingenue on their first mm-hmm. season of a show Best Actress in a Drama. So at the time, Claire Danes was like, whoa. And she was in Little Women, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she was. was. I first scenes in Little right. Women are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's Beth. Yeah. 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 So, so she's great. It had to be her, but iconically, she had a bob. And oh, so yes. <laughs> enter the wig. Enter. Okay, so do we want a separate episode? So for we wig? have we like. I love this movie, but I sort of have a bone to pick with the styling of her hair. I'm glad that they kept her in the like auburn red family because mm-hmm. that's how we knew her at the time. She looks great as a yeah. blonde in her adult life. She's mostly been blonde, right? And it works for her, but at the time she was, you know, she had this this red hair. So I mean, I'm okay with not the color. to be one of those wig gays, but I mean, there's just something how <laughs> this wig, wig fits on her head that I just don't like it. If the front I was, of it's weird. If What's, I, I was feel like, like it's so thick at the top, at the top and yeah. then like it just like whisks. You know, I always, I always look at the part. <laughs> I wish you guys I, could see my hand motion. Do a little wispy. <laughs> my eyes always just go to the part right in the center. Yeah. There's just something up with the style of it. But I feel that, like there's like one and a half inch worth of like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Right I, I wish, there in how the do front. I describe no. this, Peter? It's, what it's, am I doing? It's indescribable. It's a feeling. You look at it and it evokes a feeling. Like it's just hot, really, at the crown. A lot of heat, and then but if you pull right it here. into a low ponytail, it's a thin ponytail. No, yeah, there's not a lot of like volume, volume, or mm-hmm. bo- yeah. It's- but I, I'll tell you what I do love is <laughs> for her angel costume, the way they wrapped her hair to make mm-hmm. it look like a halo. Yeah, I oh, think sure. that's okay, so yeah. pretty. The, the wig Marsh, looks the, the best. Uh, the lo- the wig <laughs> looks the best in the angel costume. It really does. So we should probably talk about the party now okay i do i do like the pile of hair that she has when they're, they're getting married yes yeah oh yeah <laughs> the big she put a pencil in yeah, that shit. Put a couple pencils in there but okay. yeah this costume party is kind of crazy okay but okay I'm all, okay hold on you guys all, all right because right. then you have the montague boys getting ready for this party yeah that part is really and cool also too. yeah and can also, we talk because i mean although we haven't physically shown off that way like that pre-party yeah you know and mm-hmm. like let's you know 
F that girl, Rosalind. Yeah. Rosaline. Rosaline. Who is the Tino of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, the Tino. <laughs> we never see Rosaline. She's off camera. Like, yeah. you know, the Devon Graham of Halloween. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, like these characters oh that we're making camera, plans yeah. around them, but they don't exist. But they're never, they never show up. She never yeah. bothers. So this is where we meet Mercutio. Mercutio. Okay. I love I, Mercutio I mean, in this movie. Played by Harold Perrineau of Lost fame. Mm-hmm. Um, He's so good in this. Yeah, he's great. I mean, <laughs> that's all I got, guys. This face. He's, this is why this podcast doesn't work. Uh, no, yeah. Because I have these faces. <laughs> making faces on a podcast. Hashtag making faces on a podcast. I Dylan, mean, Dylan is the king of nodding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nodding, nodding on a podcast. On a podcast. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Mercutio. This, and this is one of the times. And I feel like Brother Cecil dropped this knowledge bomb on us in high school. That Mercutio is in love with Romeo. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Because our teacher, Miss Clavin, okay. Yeah. After this movie premiered, she literally was like, okay, I know a lot of you saw Romeo and Juliet. Let's discuss this, you know? And we told her how we felt like this, how we're doing right now, exchanging notes. And she said, well, you know, Mercutio is in love with Romeo. And I'm just like, yeah. Like my glass shattered blown. in your brain. You know, yeah. I almost just like I just thought he dressed in drag for the yeah. you know for the party and, it's, yeah. and he's dramatic, you know. Yeah. But I also re- researched on the internet and I don't find anything that says Shakespeare like that's what Shakespeare was doing. Right. So, but I'm like clearly. So, what are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe just high school teachers in the '90s were just like, "Hey, we've got this crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, give it to the other teachers. Yeah. Spread it." The, I mean, the way that Harold Perrineau is playing it in this movie, the way that it's shot, you know, when when the nurse comes to get him and she's mm-hmm. taking him away and he just does not take his eyes off Romeo. Mm-hmm. When he goes back to the party after they leave and Romeo jumps out of the car and goes mm-hmm. back to the party and he's like screaming The look at that him. he gets Romeo he's when he like, leaves him. Fuck you yeah. anyway. All that stuff tracks. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's just these... Filmmakers are just like this is what they're really stressing it. Yeah, yeah. And you know when we walked out of again going back to West Side Story when we walked out of West Side Story this time, I told Scott, "Do you think this actor was playing it like he thought? Uh, you know, Riff was in love with Tony. And yeah, we were yes. both like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think he was. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they don't know they're in love. Like they just have these strong feelings yeah. for them, or yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I feel like with. With Riff and West Side Story, yeah, I think it's a thing where he's not like, let's run away together. But I think it's... I think it's almost like that um, possessive friendship, right? He doesn't doesn't want to have to share Romeo with anyone else. That's what I want to get to. I think in this, I think in this one, Mercutio definitely has yeah. has romantic intentions. Um, but yeah, it is definitely that kind of. And it also helps that he does probably drag on the side. <laughs> but so in this let, movie. So let me ask you guys. You know, being the podcast movies that made us gay. Yes. What was it for you guys when you guys see Mercutio come out and mm-hmm, drag for this mm-hmm. costume party? Well, especially when I was a kid and seeing this type of drag, which is, I mean, this is pretty much club drag. Mm-hmm. Of like New York club scene drag, and I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that. Right, as a kid. Well, watching the, it. the other mm-hmm. thing, like for me, it's like you know, right now, you know, in 2022, we are living in a post RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. kind of a world. Drag is so, now mainstream. Drag is mainstream, but it's also very specific. You know, at that time, we had Mori Povich yeah. with like. Women in bikinis asking the audience, is this a man or a woman? Right. <laughs> you're right. That's a you're man, Maury. Right. That's a man, Maury. Or we had RuPaul. 
Yeah. Or we had like Benny Hill. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of like what is drag, what right. is going to a club, all that stuff. You, you would have had to have really been yeah. in the scene and, in places like New York. Yes. And then he comes out and goatee, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, makeup just kind of smeared yeah. on. Yeah, not know. like fabulous makeup no, like drag queens. He's today. not passing as yeah. a woman, yeah. you know. And so to me, it was never like, oh, he's a drag queen. To me, it was like. He's wearing a lady outfit yeah. for the yeah. for the costume party. Which people... Which people do. Which men you know? do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And uh, I never was like, oh, because... And I know he performs a song later on, yeah. but it's after they all take ecstasy. Right. Yeah. So, is he really doing that at the party? Probably not. Maybe... But that's how it looks, that's right? That's how it comes across to Romeo and the guys, you Okay. Know? So, we get introduced to... Amazing, fabulous Mercutio. Yes. I think he's such a great ca- him and Tibble. Like honestly, yeah. so good. They're like so I good. think I'm more obsessed with them than Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, so they they take the drugs. Yeah, you know they go to the party, and I read that um, that the designer, what's her name, Catherine Kim, Martin, and Kim oh, Barrett, yeah, yeah. Kim Barrett, mm-hmm. they dressed everybody as who they really were. Right, like that's everybody's characters. They're dressed as you know, so Tibble being the the devil, mm-hmm. you know, Juliet's dad being Caesar, yeah. her I mom being Cleopatra. I've always thought Juliet's dad being more Dionysus, but... Or Bacchus. It's, but also, it's, it's thing, also Caesar, like but, but same thing. Drunken, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. in that, oh my God, him being, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo being high, I love the sounds that we're hearing too, yeah. like yeah. Juliet's dad singing opera, mm-hmm. which yeah. this actor really does. I didn't know he, he Oh, sings. okay. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. Paul Sir- Servino does opera. Okay. I buy and that. So, I often wondered. I was like, is that him singing? I yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. I thought that was really this cool. This would have been such a fun scene to be a party extra in oh, if you were on yeah. set that day. Well, we were talking about too, like just the idea that, you know, he's, okay, he's going to be Caesar or he's going to be, you know, Bacchus or whatever. So let's put him in an olive wreath and a toga. Mm-hmm. But his toga's purple sequence, mm-hmm. right? Like, come on, like it's just yeah. it's yeah. just that much more elevated, you oh, know? Yeah. It's that much more like cool. And I read that I guess everybody else at the party is dressed up as Shakespearean okay. char- characters mm-hmm. from like Midsummer Night's Dream and things like that. Yeah. And also, I mean, we can't forget about the famous Shakespeare astronaut, <laughs> the, <yeah. laughs> played by Paul Rudd. That's the only part I was gonna, I was going to say. That's the only one where I'm like, where the oh, hell Paul Rudd in this movie? Just such a such a doormat, and it's and it's adorable, Paul Rudd. It's adorable. Ninety six, Paul Rudd had just yeah. made Clueless. You guys, I just put my face mm. in my hands because I'm just like, oh my god. Okay, so I have this question for you. Okay, obviously we're seeing Paul Rudd through the eyes of Juliet. Mm-hmm. Like this is why to her this guy looks like a goon. He's a kind dork. of a dork. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But now that we're adults, looking back, it's Paul Rudd. I mean, you're gonna rich. If I'm, go that's if what I'm, I'm saying. I'm Juliet, like, I'm just gonna be weighing my options. Here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're a teenager. Yes, you let your hormones. Yeah. But now I'm just like, girl, go with Paul Rudd. That's yeah. what's kind He's of financially stable. Yeah. <laughs> like he is. The nurse handsome. tells him later on, she's like, just go marry Paris. It's gonna be a good match. Yeah. I mean, it's clever. You'll casting be happier because like, it's she like had your sex with him. <laughs> like, go almost, get your money with this man. It's almost as if. Baz just had a crystal. Had a crystal. It's like Baz has his crystal ball that he's looking into the future uh-huh. of the man that Paul Rudd would become in Hollywood. So, the, so the same picture of Paul Rudd in nineteen ninety. Exactly, because he hasn't aged <laughs> a day. No, that picture of him on the cover of Time. Yeah, that it kind Time, of timely. it kind of like adds some odd subtext to it now that you kind of are doubting Juliet now of just like, well, you could just. Mary oh, Paul Rudd. Mary. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Paul Rudd, man, in the 90s, what a wild time of his career. Did 
Michael Myers, the curse of Michael Myers, Clueless, and then Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing him in Romeo and Juliet and being like, oh, no, because I, he's so corny, yes. like dancing. Oh, my God. Like, when he's dancing, dance, yeah. his little hands in the air. <laughs> the look that he gives Juliet when there's the fireworks. Yeah. And oh, like the balloons just falling. Like, he's like, ah. Oh, yeah. It, it's the balloons that he just looks back at her. Like, sorry. Yeah. For saying it in Spanish, cara de pendejo. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he's just like damn. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. So Romeo is flipping out, you know, because yeah. he's on drugs and then he's in the bathroom and then we get that shot of him with his face in the water like yeah. Claire Danes. Yeah. Right? And so he's like, we've all had that moment. I'm way too fucked up right now. I need like water or fresh air yeah, because yeah. this is overstimulation. Yeah. And then we cut to. I mean, it was in it was in every single tev- it was in every single television spot and TV ad for this movie. Yeah, was the meeting behind the aquarium walls. I mean, but it's mm-hmm. so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so let me tell you guys right now, as a teenage girl at the time. With my love life ahead of me. You know? Like, now I look back at that and I'm like, girl, yeah. you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you in trouble. You, like, you marry for money. Do not marry for love. You know? But as a teenage girl, I'm looking at that and I'm just like, yes, this is how love yeah. should be. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? I'm the target audience. And, you know, I read that actually Romeo and Juliet is supposed to be a satire. Like, it's supposed to be making fun right. of love. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Like, how stupid yeah. can you be mm-hmm. yeah. that you're going to take your life over, you know, yeah. somebody you met a couple of days ago, you know? But that fish tank scene still holds up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They have to show us that love at first sight yeah. is real. It's Exists. achievable. And Helps literally with it, her little eyeball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helps it set the Desiree <laughs> through too. the, like, coral. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that Desiree song. Desiree. <laughs> okay. It's D-E-S apostrophe R-E. Des- Desiree. Desiree. Okay. Get it right. You know? I'll get it twisted. Yeah. She's got that little, like, hair apostrophe, like, yeah, right on no. her forehead. Like, looking a little Billie Holiday. Yeah, definitely. She's got the big, like... Yeah, with a big flower. A, yeah, like a big orchid or whatever in her hair. Yeah. yeah. A little um, Billie Holiday and Josephine Baker. Yes, you're right. Love Absolutely. Child. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that song was written for this movie. And okay. it's the theme. Kissing You is the mm-hmm. theme for the movie. Yes. Which, it's, if we think of Franco Zeffirelli's, how he had that song. Yeah, that Romeo and Juliet song in Zeffirelli, that is, like, like iconic. Overplayed. So, yeah. I, although, yeah, so, you're right. But, is, yes, iconic. Yeah. I remember that they mentioned on the commentary for the Moulin Rouge that Come What May was yeah. written for Romeo and Juliet. Oh, wow. Originally. So, it was meant to be in the movie somewhere. Mm-hmm. And That's I do why. kind of wonder if it was, like, maybe if they wouldn't have gotten... The Desiree song, would it be Come What May? I don't know. Mm. Well, that's why Come What May was not eligible to be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, because it wasn't originally because written. Because it wasn't originally it written for... They, they, they thought that they could just not say anything and yeah. submit it, but they were like, what if somebody does their research <laughs> and figures it out? Then, yeah. then we're going to have to pull it in disgrace. Enough they people did the right thing. thing. Yeah. But they use it so well, and it's like as, it's as iconic as the Terminator theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But wait, you guys, we totally missed really fast. Romeo being introduced to Radiohead's talk show. Oh my God. Okay. So I love that song. I know. I'm rewinding (laughs) for a minute. And Bolo's losing his shit in the wings because he's like, why didn't we talk about this? So, okay. So a lot of movies lately have been very dependent on these quote unquote needle drops right mm-hmm. where there's just 
pop song after pop song after pop Cruella. song. Cruella. Cruella. Yep. Oh, yeah. If you watch mm-hmm. the Cruella on Disney, it is like non-stop pop songs. Mm-hmm. And most of them work They're used work to good effect. Well, they're mm-hmm. used to good effect. But the thing about Baz Luhrmann movies is that he like... I don't know. They're like, really thought out. Sometimes he dissects them and mm-hmm. rearranges them. He uses them like a score. He uses yeah. them like score. Yeah. So it's not so jarring. You're not just like, and here's another pop song. Yeah. They're just so well integrated. Into but the he movies. really does what I wish I would do. Like, like if I was a, in film, if mm-hmm. I was a director, I'd just be plugging in all my favorite music. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, and then I'm going to play this favorite yeah, song of mine, totally. like figure it out. And yeah. I love that he utilizes that. And they're there for a purpose too. So mm-hmm. Leonardo being introduced by the ocean, again, yeah. the water, with talk show host by Radiohead. Uh, and so, and writing know, in his journal. And I'm in, in high journal. school <laughs> and Radiohead is my favorite band then and now. Yeah. And this introduction, I am losing my shit You're in the theater. Levitating. It's all about the, and it's all about the, it's all about the Leo hair. At the like I, you know, I'm freaking what 17, so I don't know if I've had an orgasm <laughs> yeah. yet, but probably Your that was the closest thing to it at that moment. <laughs> that was just like, yes, on so I mean, many levels. It was Leo mania. Uh, it was the very it was the spark of Leomania, you know, because mm-hmm. Basketball Diary, the movies before this were kind of edgier, mm-hmm. he grittier. Yeah, grittier. He wasn't playing. Gilbert Grape is just totally its own thing. And he was so much younger in that. Exactly. Was, yeah. You know. So this was the one that was for the girls, for the kids, and it was that just shot for of shot of for the ladies yeah. and, and the little yeah for the ladies and the little gay boys, the little gay boys <laughs> like me. Got the vapors. Yeah, mm-hmm. the just vapors. Like, I needed a mint julep. That blonde, <laughs> that blonde <laughs> hair on, on my porch. That blonde hair on Leo. Just yeah. how it get like how it just sort of gets in his eyes. There's shots of him at Sycamore Grove right before they go. Mm-hmm. You know when Mercutio first gets introduced, and he's sitting there, and he's like, "I don't want to go." Like Rosaline's being a bitch, like whatever. And there's shots of him where the camera just looks at him, and I don't know if he's like. I, I don't think they have eye makeup on him. I think Maybe it's also how like they light some it too. eyeliner or mm-hmm. just the way it's lit. I'm just like... It's the lighting. Yeah. He just looks like a pretty, pretty lady. So pretty. <laughs> yeah. She looks like Cara Delevingne in those I shots. Thought, I'm like... I told, I told... Well, I told Polo she looks like Layla, yeah. which is well, yes. our, one of our very good friend's mm-hmm. daughter. And right? Layla like, looks like a little... Cara Delevingne, too. Yeah, so yeah. when I was like, I told Polo, is it me? Or does Leonardo DiCaprio look like Leila? Well, <laughs> you know, so there And I is. went to Cara Delevingne, so yes. Yes, so the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In, in, in something in those shots with that light, they're in the moonlight and all mm-hmm. that. Oh, man, watch them again. You're welcome. So mm-hmm. I'm on movies that made us gay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, the Masquerade Ball is really well done it's super memorable the costumes the music all this stuff and then we just i just love john leguizamo is not a big dude Mm-mm. you know he's probably a little a little pint-sized he's man probably, he's probably mm-hmm. five eight five nine you know and we were talking about him probably having a 27 inch waist in this movie yes and he is just like a little like Chihuahua. I don't know, like a little. <laughs> He's just like, God damn it, he showed his face. Yeah, like, rub me up, I'm gonna lose my shit. You know? And what's going on with, um, with the dad, Capulet? Oh, man. Well, he's not having it because. Love that. Because he's. <laughs> Tibble is effing his wife. What? Yeah. <laughs> so what like, there's that undertone there. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm not going to deal with your shit. No, this is my party. Yeah. You're get not your going to sh- tell me what yeah, to do. Get your shit together. Yeah. Leave it alone. And just like put yeah. the beat down on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like he's a portate bien. Like yeah. he's all take care of your ass later. And Paul Sorvino is probably one of those dudes. You don't want to get backhanded slapped by no. him. No. <laughs> he 
He will fuck you yeah. up, dude. I'm afraid of him. Yeah, dude. Shit. So, um, and I think I have a Theo who looks like him. Exactly. <laughs> to top it off, I have an yeah, uncle that looks like him. Um, it's one of those things. Paul Servino, yeah. not Hispanic, but I think it works. But he has that mob. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mob that's boss. The, yeah, yeah, the mob boss because he was in Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, so he has that mob presence, yeah. you know, which the both dads do. I mean, he's both dads the, have he's the father. Oh, yeah, totally. of, he's the father of Romy White. <laughs> oh my god! They have the same. We nose. are gonna. She's all. We are gonna blow them away. <laughs> Can't believe how cute we look. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the cutest we've that, ever looked. I mean, I mean. It's too bad that the Elizabeth Holmes story couldn't have existed in the 90s, oh in 98, gosh. because, like, a 98 Mira Servino would have been perfect. Are you familiar with this HBO, like, documentary about this I, crazy woman? I'm Elizabeth, sure we'll, we'll Elizabeth Holmes yeah. sounds exactly like yeah. Romy White. Oh, she, okay. she faked, like, she invented this machine to, like, Ooh, do the blood test. Yes, yeah. we did. We watched the documentary. The one who would dress up like Steve Jobs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she yeah. talks like Romy White. Did yes, you not notice that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is what I was afraid of, anyway. of coming on this podcast, that I was just going to spend my time laughing and pointing at So we it. should probably talk a little bit about the balcony scene. Yes. I like in that um, it looks very like it's shot in the courtyard of Melrose Place. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. okay, again, that pool is very true to the designs in Mexico City. Having yes. a courtyard. Like, yep, having yeah. a courtyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's true. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love all the stuff with the, there's like security guard. Just showing like how like you know, cloistered or whatever she Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. like there's cameras and there's people like actively live watching the cameras at all times. She knows of what area of the pool to put. Yeah, sure. She knows how we need to go in this little alcove. Like, yeah. And I love that this balcony scene transitions into a pool scene again with the water. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, I just thought it was so, and again, teenage girl, this makeout session in the pool. I'm just like, yes, this and, is what love is going to also, be like. It's one of those things that this movie's been around for most of my life and kind of what I associate with Romeo and Juliet that I do kind of forget that, oh, yeah, this scene is not staged in a pool originally. Yeah. But just yeah. now whenever I think of the balcony yeah. scene, you think of, I yeah. immediately think of them falling in this pool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And just the delivery of those lines, like... Uh, Yes, this is one of the scenes where the dialogue between the two of them just comes across like they're, like they're having, having a, a conversation. conversation. I mean, probably yeah. the hardest scenes to read actors for is yeah. to do this scene since it's so iconic. I mean, these are such famous lines, yeah. and you don't want to sound like you're in a high school play doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me also drop this knowledge bomb for our listeners right, do out it. there. When she says, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Wherefore is a word and it does not mean where as in where are Are you you, romeo where art thou romeo it's why are you romeo why are you montague yes and brother cecil taught us that he's and everybody always you know when because it's become part of not just pop culture but just like culturally Mm -hmm. the english language people know oh romeo wherefore art thou romeo she's not looking for him Mm -hmm. she's asking why are you Romeo? And that leads into what's in a name, mm-hmm. a rose by any other name. Or she, I love how she says, or any other part belonging to, to a man. And yeah. we're like, ha! Ah! Like, uh, the way she delivers it, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that is funny. Like, I wouldn't have ever thought of that, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, 
that that's why they dressed her up like an angel because of that line, oh, speak again, bright angel. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. that's why they dressed her up like the angel because he refers to her as As an angel. angel. And I found out that the designer actually sewed um, parts of the script, like the dialogue, into her dress, like Phantom Thread. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And it was something that nobody saw, but she did it in white stitching, you know, just for them. Isn't that That's so cool? cool. I love yeah. it. I love yeah, that. That yeah. sounds exactly like what these... <laughs> yeah. I think it's so intentional. Yeah, Everything absolutely. is so intentional. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Kissing scene. But then scene. that's when you also kind of get this realization that like, shit, man, this was written in a different time. Because this whole conversation is just like, oh, you're so hot. Let's kiss. Oh, we're both so hot. You want to get married tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, you know, the part where she's just like, you know, what are your intentions? Yeah. Basically, she's like, that of marriage. You're going to come and marry me tomorrow? And he doesn't flinch. And he's like, well, yeah. Because, you know, I mean. If we want to keep this going. Now at, we gotta nowadays, it. like, it's like, we've been dating for six months. You want to be my boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. Oh, girl. Um, I'm not ready for know. that shit. Like, <laughs> what gave you that idea? I putting yourselves <laughs> in the position of these characters in, mm-hmm. in their shoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, their families hate each other so much, you almost have to tie that knot right away and just be like, so we already made this work. So I guess that's true. I guess they that are we're Catholic, to, so you just have to fucking deal with it. If we are to continue this, we do have to get married. And but here's also, the thing, yeah. too. Like, you're not going to have sex until you get married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So and we want to hurry up and have sex. Yes. So, like, yes. yesterday. Yeah. So, And, you know, when um, Lady... Capulet is talking to Juliet about Paris Mm -hmm. and she's like, would you want to marry him? And Juliet's like, I haven't even thought about marriage. Mm -hmm. Like that's not where my head is at. And she's like, well, I had you younger than you are now. So figure it out. She says that. That's a line. Which makes there. Lady Capulet like, what, 27? Yeah. That's because mm-hmm. Julia's 14. <laughs> yeah. So, also, yeah. written, written at a very different time. Well, yeah, that's the when thing. When you got married. At, like, I mean, you had to be married by the time you were like 16 years I old. I mean, the nurse yep. literally says that she actually nursed Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know. That's legit. <laughs> that's, that's legit. That, that yeah. Shit really happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's in there saying that, like, there's lines telling Juliet, like, girls of your age make what make brides and i was and i was younger than you are now when i married your father and and had you so start thinking about Mm -hmm. getting married and she was just kept putting her off and putting her off and saying like there's some interesting lines you know in that Mm -hmm. in that scene i do think that uh the actress who's lady capulet's playing she's playing it very funny she's doing a very blanche dubois kind of yeah and also (laughs) towards the towards kind of the the last few acts of the movie, I feel like she really like ramps up oh, the, the southern the accent. Southern accent. Oh, and, and, well, because she is she is upset that woman. She's mourning, yeah. and she's a pill popping alcoholic. Yeah. Can we just acknowledge that too? She is a pill popping yeah. alcoholic who is miserable because she's been married to this man since she was thirteen. Yes, <laughs> and she is making no like effort to hide how tore up she is about yeah. Tybalt being dead, yeah. throwing herself on. <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> she's like, I can't even do it. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does Yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> okay, we know that's a sore subject to come up. But okay, so now they've made plans, right? She's just like, we're gonna get married. Yeah. It's the next day, we we he's hear like, the wannadies, yeah. right? Yeah. It's only you when he's driving over to the priest, mm-hmm. and we get introduced to the priest. Yes. Yeah. Who, Father Friar Lawrence, who's like a curandero, like he oh has his goodness. little lab yeah. of drugs, like. 
Also, is he making the potion for her at the end? Not for her, but I mean, he's making the potion that he gives to her later on. I think he's just, he has potions. Stuff. And I he's think, just making, yeah, yeah, dude. Also, I mean, we've <laughs> gotten the apothecary set up that he just sort of works out of the pool hall, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was that early gross, on. Yeah. That gross guy at the pool hall. Yeah. yeah. He's just like a, a loogie. Yeah. Like that's just like I just want to clear my throat. Yeah, <laughs> like, he looks like when when dogs would poo on the on the ground and you wouldn't pick it up and it would turn white. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Pete, don't be making me laugh like this. Shit. Okay, yeah. So Romeo comes and he's just like, I want to marry Julia, and the priest sees it as an opportunity to bring these families together. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but the coolest part. Is when doves cry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Like after this scene, I really understood why doves cry. I mean, <laughs> now it's you set know to how like it feels. it's set to like a children's choir too. I mean, that it almost takes you like a like a, a second to like notice it, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit. It's yeah. it's the Prince song. I forgot I'm about just it. Just here to say that that little boy who is singing the lead. I don't know if it's actually him or not, but he looks so bored. <laughs> He's like rolling his eyes. He's like, uh. He's all making me be all talented and shit. I'm like, geez, are we putting you out, kid? Don't want to do this movie. Watch next time. He's bored. But I like also the little choir boys in the background doing the hand gestures. And you know somebody's behind the camera being like, and then you lift your hands like this. this, And then you bring them down like this. It's like kids at a Christmas concert. Well, and also if this is shot in in Mexico, maybe these kids are like local kids. You know, if they're just just extras, they don't have lines or anything. So they probably just got kids, you know. Yeah. So pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the and this is when we do see Friar Lawrence in what later becomes Romeo's kind of like iconic blue Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Um, he's wearing it for the first time. You see that giant back tattoo that he's got. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Which looks like a Celtic cross. It does. Yeah. yeah. It, looks, it looks like Celtic knots yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. So then this is what leads to them. They're going to get married, right? Mm-hmm. And so I love I love that look too. You, you see, if you look at all their, you know, Romeo and Juliet's costumes, they're, they're the only kind of like normal costumes. Like, sure. yeah. you believe that she was just like, well, I'm going to get married in two hours. You know, I'm going to yeah, throw on this dress. white dress yeah. that I have in my closet. I mean, she probably wears that. Dress to church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Probably takes communion in that dress. <laughs> and they were saying yeah. that his suit was the only one. That's a Prada suit that Prada gave them. Everything okay. else they made. But that okay. one was. And it's it's interesting. Iconic. I don't know. Is it me? But does it look like the shoulder pads are big? Like he, he looks like he's playing dress up. Like it's sense. not his like, suit. I mean, yeah. like he borrowed it yeah. from someone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because it's like these two kids trying to do this very adult thing. Yes. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have his own like full like nice suit. Like his mm-hmm. clothes that he wears are probably a little dusty, a little you know, a little worn out. So that would be a good. Maybe would... it's Benvolio's because he's bigger. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's his cousin, and he's taller. So maybe it was like maybe let's it make is. that. Movie. I kind of I kind of <laughs> underestimate the actor who plays Benvolio. He's yes. very he's very handsome, and he and I always comment that like he has this great body, but he's also kind of a little thick, like a little pudgy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, he's not my type, yeah, that's why, yeah. but his spirit. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You really just feel that he's not out, he's not a loaded gun. No, yeah, not, yeah. He's not like Tybalt. Yeah, he's the one know? that's kind of like, you guys, we got to get the hell out of here. He's not the yeah. hothead. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, he's sort not, of the voice yeah. of reason. When this he is, says, there's one scene when he's like, da- yeah, dash me, Hawk. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where he says something about like, it's hot, like... Yeah. 
Capulets are out. Like, yeah. let's just go. Oh, yeah, right before the party, he's all this. When you talk about blows <laughs> away, <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, yeah. I like this. That's yeah. me. That's yeah. me in the friendship. I'm like, well, you, you guys, guys sh- shut up. We gotta leave. It's <laughs> cool. I mean, we also have yet to talk about the little twink that follows them, <laughs> Jesse <laughs> Bradford. So cute oh, in this movie, yeah. Balthazar. Mm-hmm. Yes, Balthazar. Balthazar. Yes. There we yeah. go. Yeah, he's he's Romeo's page. Who's anybody's in West Side Story? Yes, that's the same. Yeah, character. Oh, the I analog. Never, yeah, never even thought of that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. The analogy. I yeah. love like the analogies with West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah, they always take me by surprise whenever I yeah, like, because put two and two things. together. Like mm-hmm. he's pulling Romeo away when things are yeah, you know, true. like when yeah. the fuzz is coming. Yeah. Like he's the one pulling Romeo away. He's the one hiding Get, him. Like him in the car. he just wants yeah. to be a part of the the yeah. gang yeah. and is doing anything to. Yeah, it's so interesting because Jesse Metcalf is my age, or not Jesse Bradford. Bradford. It's one thing. Is my age and i would like he looks so little in this movie he looks yeah. like a little boy and i was like well mm-hmm. it's probably about 16 17 like i look like a little kid you were little we were little kids yeah. you know but you know okay so they get married and now they're gonna go to the we see um is it the montague boys at the beach first and yes yeah, yes the montagues and then the capulets show mm-hmm. up right and they're like it's a hot day yeah but one thing we haven't talked about is the iconic, which shows up here. You see it a lot. Is the Lamore sign? Yes, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, mm, that Coca Cola sort of looks like the Coke. Yeah, the Coca Cola. Also logo. very Moulin Rouge too. Well, it's in mm-hmm. every it's in all three yep. of the movies. It's yeah. in you know strictly ballroom. But I found out. I don't know if you guys read this, but mm. when um, Baz Luhrmann and his wife got married, they got married on a stage, and they had the Lamore in the background. Oh, okay. Of their wedding. So that's kind of like their signature All as a right. couple, okay. right? That's really cool. But what I think is really cool is in Mexico, Coca-Cola sponsors a lot of businesses. Mm, okay. You know, so if you go into like a local family-owned restaurant, mm-hmm. all their tables and chairs will have Coca-Cola oh, wow. emblems all over. I mean, Coca-Cola is everywhere yeah. because they are sponsoring all these businesses, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an empire. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool that in this movie, if you pay attention, you see it everywhere, like yeah. in the bars, like like they're sponsoring those businesses okay. too. So I was like, this is very real. This yeah. is really consistent with the culture. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was really cool. That is crazy. I love all of the beach scenes too. I mean, I don't know a lot about Mexico, but I went to school in Mexico for a summer in rural Mexico. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about the beach scenes that just feel like this is... This is Mexico. This is like rural <laughs> Mexico. Well, you know, okay. So I will say I've never been to a beach like that in Mexico. All the yeah. beaches that I've been to in Mexico, freaking beautiful. Yeah. If anything, yeah. when I saw that, I mean, maybe it's Miami Beach because I didn't know they did film some of right. it in Miami. Yeah. yeah. But I felt like it was more like Venice. Yeah. It, yeah. Did, lo- it did have a, Venice vi- a little beach. Venice You know, it's like gritty it. and yeah. like yeah. some kind of like broken down stuff. And I'm just and, sort of yeah. thinking of small towns in Mexico that aren't the bigger cities. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that I think that's why I like all of these scenes in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, this is when we get the big uh, yes. fight with big showdown. The big showdown yeah. with the showdown is intense. Tybalt oh. and Mercutio mm-hmm. and Romeo. Um. But all that stuff in there. Uh, there was a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was real. And it's in the movie. Yeah. Like, those are not effects at all. When the clouds change to thunder, like, that's not an effect. That shit really happened. But, and, like, there's shots of Leo standing there in that baggy suit and the wind pushing him. And he's standing straight. And the wind is just pushing his whole suit. And it's just, like, it's crazy. 
crazy. And you're like, that's real. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I love in this scene when Tibble and Marcusho are first fighting before mm-hmm. um, Romeo shows, mm-hmm. shows up is that when he says, like, are you consortis with, with Romeo? Mm-hmm. You know, implying, are you sleeping with Romeo? Uh-huh. And that's what sets Mercutio off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, are you consortis with, with Romeo? And then that's when he like... He's like, what did you say? Yeah, yeah. because he's like, who told you? No, <laughs> no, but yeah, like that really strikes a code in, you know, a chord in him. And that's yeah. where you see him really get defensive and start putting out his dupes, yeah, you know? Yeah, wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get all that stuff with this very like ritualistic yes. thing of, you know, yeah. their lieutenants kind of taking out their weapons and emptying, you know all their bullets and everything to make it a little bit more of this kind of like fair ritualistic kind of a duel. Mm -hmm. But Romeo's like, Nope, I'm not going to do it. You know, you're my family now. Like I don't hate you and you know, let's try and work it out. But Tybalt's not hearing any of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, no, he wants Romeo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want Romeo. Thou art a villain. I love love his delivery, by the way. So, okay. Big fight scene. Rikushiro's death. Uh, oh, so. get stabbed in the stomach with that glass. <laughs> but that line, a plague, a plague on both your houses. <laughs> like I just want to walk around and te- tell people that. Like when they piss me off, like a plague on both your houses. Yeah, yeah. Mine and whose? I don't know, but both of yours. <laughs> but both of them. <laughs> both of them. Whatever two you have. But I remember, you know, I remember Brother Cecil telling us, like, you know, Mercutio is very kind of theatrical, and at first he says, like, oh, it's just a scratch, it's just a scratch. But then he says. Um, Find uh, look for me. Look for me tomorrow, and you'll find me a grave man. Yeah, and it's like it's a play on words, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be dead, like mm-hmm. I'll be in the grave, you know. Um, and I forgot what like a grave man like meant something else different then, but it was definitely more of like this pun, you know. Um, and he says like you've made worms meet of me, oh. and, like all this. Really that mean, line is yeah. so good too. You've made worms meet. I'm like I want to say that. I mean, but yeah. nobody's heard me that bad. Yeah, yeah. But um, another thing that I read is that the designer put a lot of sheer fabrics on Mercutio. Mm-hmm. Like his shirts are sheer because he yeah. was the most vulnerable and transparent in oh, his okay. character, like All the most right. emotional. And so mm-hmm. that's what she was trying to show in that. And I thought that was really cool because it's true. I think he's the most raw from beginning to end, Yeah, like in his feelings. You know, he's not yeah. masking anything except for the fact that he's in love with Romeo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except the one big thing. <laughs> the biggest thing. Yeah. That's the veil. I mean, yes. how, can you, how can you not be in love with <laughs> I mean, that, that angel face? I'm telling you okay so and I think it's so cool the way they do the car scene that flips over Uh, wild and that car chase and this whole standoff with them I mean it's the angel of independence in Mexico well right it's but I mean, is it? It's a Jesus statue. It's a Jesus statue, but, but isn't it sort of inspired in, by like, it's a fake Jesus? Statue. So here's the thing: it's supposed to be inspired by the Rio de Janeiro Jesus. Right. Okay, right. sure. But yeah. that Jesus was actually a two foot Jesus. Yeah, and that, like that's the one that they use between the two buildings at the very beginning. That right. looks gigantic. I'm mm-hmm. like, way to go, optical illusion. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like the circular, the like, circular. Oh, yeah. about. I think they shot it on the Angel of Independence. Oh, okay, but what they're I telling us is that. Really, there's a statue of Jesus that's like yeah. 30 feet tall, but it's, you know, that's all just like production design. If it's not Amazing. shot there, because it's inspired by. Yeah, the there's angel. a white shot yeah. and there's totally. those two buildings. And I think the Angel of Independence, when we stayed there, it's like there's high rises yes. behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I feel like that's what, like they t- fixed it in. 
post or whatever. Okay, Hi. but what's amazing, this movie was made on $12 million. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, incredible. for all wow. these visuals yeah. and like... Even to this day, I look at it, I'm like, that it's still very, looks legit. It's very yeah. thrifty with its, well, with I its think money. Well, I too, I think a lot of the special effects are almost kind of supposed to look a little... I don't know. They're not going for realism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not trying to make it's like it the same look, with Moulin Rouge. Yeah, they're not yeah. trying to make... Moulin Rouge looks like a pop-up book. Yeah, you know? you're right. So those special effects, they're able to maybe mask what they didn't have in money to say, well, it's supposed to look... See, over the top and avant-garde. What I think is really cool is like this is a moment in the movie where it starts to get visually gritty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because up until this point, color, mm-hmm. like fantastical, like big, you know. And this is where it starts getting like an NYPD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a camera. Yeah. yeah. Like a gritty cop drama. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, except for when you're in Juliet's room. But other than that, yeah. like Romeo going to the priest's, you know, apartment, like it doesn't look there's so much religious iconography in the priest's, mm-hmm. you know, home, but it looks so dark and dingy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, it's something like shit got real. Yeah, yeah. They're no yeah. longer living in this fantasy that we've been seeing this whole time. Like, mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, you got married. You see what happens when you get married? <laughs> <laughs> Your life goes to shit. <laughs> this wouldn't happen if you stayed with Rosaline. <laughs> see what uh, sex does. No. Oh, wait, no, they haven't had well, sex Well, they haven't yet. had sex yet. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we, so, okay. Father Lawrence cleans him up. He still has this like very dramatic, like bloody teardrop going yes. down his face. Um, makes his way to Juliet's bedroom and yes. they bone for the first time. And apparently that was like the first scene they shot. Yeah, yeah. So oh, weird. <laughs> Especially for these two these two, like, one is under the age of eighteen. Is this just all Hollywood lore though? Because supposedly the I first mean, scene Claire that, says that in a it, in a press interview. And I read it in high school too. And mm-hmm. the first scene that Leo shot with uh Kate was drawing was, her it was in Titanic. Oh I thought it was the Dex no it, it's no, not it's the Dex. Drawing scene. her. It's drawing her. Maybe it just brings them together. I think, much it's, a, more I think it's a clause in his contract. He's mm-hmm. like anytime that they take their shirt off, that's what we're shooting first. Yeah. <laughs> we know Leo. Can Come I on. say though this when Julia is in her room this is my favorite costume that she wears. The t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're weird jeans, but it's... Yeah. Well, they're like a little 70s, yeah, like bell-bottomy, yeah. soft. Very, yeah. very like on trend with young people yeah. at the time. Yeah, and I, 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 I see that what they were trying to do too was like, she's not flashy. Like yeah. none of her stuff yeah. is flashy. Yeah. She's so disconnected about mm-hmm. what's going on, but she just looks like such a teenager when yeah. she's lying in bed waiting for Romeo to show up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she doesn't really lose her shit on the fact that he killed her cousin. Yeah, like yeah. like we see West Side Story <laughs> yes. is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. when Maria yeah. being like kill her, kill her, kill her. Like, you know, we don't see he that. Kill your brother, <laughs> a boy like that will kill your brother. You know, we don't hear that. Not this time. But there comes in Leo through the window, and guess what? You know, cousin I mean, who? It's it's Leo. It's what? it's ninety six. We weren't that close. We were Leo DiCaprio sure he was like a brother. He was my second or third cousin. I actually. mean, you know. <laughs> But here you are, you know, and here I am, and we're married, so let's concentrate. Let's get these wet clothes on. <laughs> I mean, all of the scenes with them underneath the covers, oh, I so mean, beautiful. so iconic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like when you, when I think of images from this movie, that's the scene that I go to. Yeah. No, I, is them in bed I together. love so how cool. they shot that. Like mm-hmm. being teenagers, being in your little world, being so in love. And can I tell you when I was telling, you know, Polo when we were watching it, I'm like, 
I resonated with this so much. Not because it was romantic, but I used to sneak boys in and out of my window. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, who All didn't? the time. <laughs> did you make like... I've climbed in Did you make like windows. bed forts with them underneath the sheets? <laughs> no. I mean, I wish that that's what was happening. Like that I had a guy as hot as Leonardo DiCaprio making bed forts with me. But that is very real. Like her trying to get it together and get him out the window before, mm-hmm. you know, the mother or the nanny. Because I mean, I didn't have a nanny. But yeah. before I got... Caught by my parents. It's very real. (laughs) And so I remember as a teenager looking at this and I'm just like, I relate. Been there. This is so real. I'll be there tomorrow night. (laughs) Just watch. It's very real. I mean, you guys, okay, let's go back to this truth. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm born from, I'm a Mexican family. My parents are super old school. Mm My mom got married at 17. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents have been married for 60 years now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Up until I got married, I was sneaking my husband, my, my then boyfriend into my room. <laughs> yeah, my parents, to my mom, the worst thing I could have done is had premarital sex. Yeah. Like she didn't know that there was worse things out there. Like I could be doing like drugs. She was just like, just do not give it away. That was my yeah, mom's yeah. like, so as far as we're concerned, it's like, don't so, ask, don't tell. Yeah, my mom thinks yeah. I married as a 34-year-old virgin. <laughs> and why not? We hope that she's not listening. <laughs> I mean, mommy, no es cierto. No es cierto. She's like, what? You robbed a bank? Oh, that's fine. But did you have sex? <laughs> you know? So anyway, again, as the target market, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. shit was very real for me. Understood it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, Boz also just kind of probably thought of a cute scene of a teen movie. Yeah. At this at this portion of the movie. Yeah. Like sneaking the boyfriend in through the, but it's through very, the bedroom window. It's very reminiscent of the Zeffirelli mm-hmm. version yeah. as well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost the same scene. You we know? don't... I mean, I kind of wish that we got to see Leo's butt in this movie. Eh, Leo doesn't have a butt. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that Leo <laughs> probably doesn't have a butt. Not yeah. worth seeing. Flat. Yeah. <laughs> that would be disheartening. I know. Right. But here comes in Lady Capulet to deliver the news. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. And this Claire Danes, Juliet <laughs> loses her shit. <laughs> like, straight off, does not even try to pretend, like, yeah. like let's talk about this, mom. <laughs> I mean, this is like her MTV Movie Award Best Actress <laughs> clip right here. Not proud you have, but thankful that you have. Proud can I never be of what I am. Thank me not, thank kings. What's wrong now? The your pain joints gets thirsty legs. I mean, and then, you know, oh, and here's the thing, you know, the dad is pushing Paris because dad's pissed off about what's going on with Lady Capulet and Tibble, right? And he just wants to like show, exert his power back in the house, right? And that fight between the three of them. Yeah, it's wild. (laughs) Yeah, they're really going for it. The the way he throws her. Yeah. Yeah. He like manhandling this child, but then... He's like, you know, if you don't marry him, then get the hell out of here. Like, I'm I don't know the you. House. And the mom is just like, don't talk to me. Yeah. I yeah. told you what you needed to do and mm-hmm. walks out, walks away. Leaves her that you're just like, oh, shit. And I really do think it's because the dad feels like he's he's been made a fool of. Yes. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, in my house, what I say goes. And I don't care what it is I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to go. Yeah. You know, because and I I'm said sh- so. And I'm sure the marriage to Paris is... A business deal, of course. you know. Yep. So he's just like, all right, perfect. And I don't want to be made let's, a fool. Yeah, let's there do too. this. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I promised you to him, and mm-hmm. now what? I'm just gonna say, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. So, 
nope. And so she turns to her nurse who's yeah. like, okay, who gives it to her a little bit more gently. Like, yeah, yeah. like but maybe I you mean, should because this man pays my bills. So let's do what your daddy if says. If you leave, then I'm probably out of a job too. And it's also, it's, it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> How do you... But uh, do you mean in a good way? Or, oh, yeah. No, You're not like, sacrificing. Yeah, yeah, but she's just dude. like, it's Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how about... okay? It's a lateral again, move. <laughs> okay. Well, we didn't say like Romeo goes into the pool again. Yes, he does this, okay? when he leaves. Yeah. And right after this scene, she's fixing a bath for her. Yeah. Like, it's just like... I feel like the water like keeps on... Um, what's it, like um, solidifying the scenes? Does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that make sense? Like just anchoring them. That's yeah, the word yeah, I'm yeah. looking for. And well, also when Tybalt gets shot in the fountain. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I hadn't thought about and that. And he falls back dramatically into the water. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. So, and but I love that scene, you know, Juliet sitting and being like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to do what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that faraway look in her eyes and, you know, she's exhausted from crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then she goes to the priest dressed like a schoolgirl. Dressed like Madeline. <laughs> Madeline with <laughs> the nurse. Madeline, like yielding like a, a gun. A gat. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, kind of briefly, mm-hmm. I know this is like, you know, classic material, all of that, but were they to adapt this again or were they to adapt this now in this style, could they get away with, quote unquote, teenagers running around in the street just pulling guns on everybody? I think so. You know? I think, well, okay, yeah. well, think of Euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because in the, in the first scene in the gas station, they're like running through the streets, just like shooting like blindly. And it's like, is that too much? Is that too real? Like, are people going to be like, well, don't be sure. Here's the thing though. Again, I think that's emulating yeah. what was happening. A, a reflection the time, yeah, of the, of true, the drug yeah. war yeah. Yeah. that was happening. Yeah. yeah. Straight up like gang violence. And like gangs in LA in the nineties were rough as hell. So yeah. it's like, it's not. So like I do think it's prevalent. That, yeah. You know, true. prevalent. Yeah. And then speaking of Euphoria, okay. Have you seen Euphoria? We, haven't we have not seen yet. Euphoria. No. You should. Yeah, I know. It's intense, but it's just like everything that can happen bad to teenagers is happening, but it's very in such an artistic, right. awesome way. Yeah. And in for season one, Jules, one of the characters dresses like Juliet oh, for this okay. party. It looks so cool, you know? Cool. Is she dressed so, in the wings? Yes. Oh, cool. Like yeah. SB going to prom? Love it. Okay. <laughs> she looks slightly better. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I look beautiful, but I mean, Jules really does yeah, yeah. like. And that's not the, the and that's not the Zendaya character. No, no, She's no. Rude. It's her. It's her. It's her um, girlfriend. Is it the girl from White Lotus? I don't know. No, 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 no. So um, I believe Rue is trans, and okay. so she's Zendaya's girlfriend in this. What? Yeah, and so yeah, Rue is a great character. Oh you guys are gonna. I know we're going. Rue sounds nuts. You're, it is nuts. <laughs> Crazy. But, but going back to Pete's question, that's my thing. Like, mm-hmm. do we think that we could get away with that? I mean, in Euphoria, there is. A teenage drug dealer who runs like almost like a little liquor store, but mm-hmm. out of that liquor store, he's running drugs. I mean, there is violence in the show sure. too, and okay. it's just like, yeah, if you could get away with that, and if it feels real, if it doesn't feel like violence sure. for violence' yeah. sake, yeah, you know. So, like I said, in Euphoria, it's intense, but it's so well done. It's really well done. I think you'll enjoy it. But anyway, I thought it was cool that in Euphoria, there's yeah. a nod to. Yeah. I, you know, we were talking about that too. I was like. Is Gen Z even aware of this movie? Yeah. And if they watched it, would it just blow their mind? Oh, <laughs> it's totally on brand for Gen Z. They would love it. You know? yeah, well, also seeing mm-hmm. Leo, because I feel like Gen Z knows Leo as Leo today, Once Upon a mm-hmm. Time in Mexico. Don't you look know, up. Yeah. Kids, mm-hmm. kids see Winona Ryder and they're like, oh, the mom from Stranger Things? Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like... She's an icon. That is an... <laughs> the face of the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Which... 
that's what I was going to ask you guys too. I mean, I, I don't know. We want to talk about this in wrap up. We're almost there, but like this movie as a nineties icon, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's like my so-called life. Yeah. You have Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. Like there's certain things that you're like, that's nineties. But yet I look at this movie still and I'm just like, it's still fucking great. No, it's and, not dated at all. And it's nineties, I mean, but it's not like, Oh, well look at their, look at the crazy, like, Look what they're wearing. Look yeah. at sort but of. But it's like, all supposed to be that way. So but, it's not, you know, it's not like clueless. But you're saying like it's like, not inhabiting the yeah, fashion of the 90s. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. In- inhabit the fashion of the 90s. It just exists in this crazy yeah. parallel yeah. heightened universe. Yeah. yeah, you watch something like I you know what you did last summer, and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, but I what feel like this movie was such a moment in the night. Yeah. I guess is what I'm getting yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like this was such yeah. a moment. It and felt like the biggest movie in the world if you were a young person at the yeah. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, for our teacher to be like, okay, let's talk about. Yeah, it. yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's the thing. Teachers are probably like, cool. Yeah. Cool. Like this is something that we're teaching anyway, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a way for these kids to like, you know, mm-hmm. get into the material. So okay, holds so their attention with Shakespeare, Shakespeare, and, and good-looking, <laughs> good-looking teenagers. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about all this miscommunication that leads to the death. Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, it's a lot. I I do love that the uh, that the courier service is called Post Haste. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Okay, but here's my thing: Why didn't he check off? Like, no need for signature. Like, you could have just hello, Friar Lawrence. <laughs> just right. no signature required. Yeah, right? Come on, like leave that... at the door. Right. I was just like, oh my god. Idiot. <laughs> just like seriously, dude. You know? Or just give it to freaking the Balthazar. Balthazar. Like, he sees him come into the church and he's just like, what? Duh. You know, I'm just like, chase after the motherfucker. You know? like, and again, how gritty and dirty it is when Leo is out in the desert. When he's banished. When he's been, when he lives in like Joshua Tree. He's well, been banished. Banished. And, and that's the thing is that like, <laughs> let's say that everything does work out. And he does end up with Juliet. Is he just taking her out to this trailer to just like Come live, live the rest with, of her life? This is where we're gonna live. This now. is where we're gonna live, sweetheart. <laughs> and she's like, uh, this trailer out is in the Paris desert. Still available? <laughs> she's gonna be like, okay, I left my palace. <laughs> she's like, I think I left my wings in my house. <laughs> I'm I'll be go right back. Get him. And I'm just gonna. I'll be. I'll, yeah. You don't have to come with me. <laughs> don't wait for me for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think that um, him in the desert in the trailer just, and the the FedEx or whatever mm-hmm. post haste um, truck coming out reminds me of Seven. It does yes. remind me of Seven. Like, What's in the <laughs> box? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and Leonardo DiCaprio's tantrum. Yeah, is also like. Who influenced two? Brad Pitt. Hey, yeah, true. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, it came out after Seven, but I just it yeah, just Seven reminded was ninety five. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it? Yeah, seven was ninety five. So, so it was first before. he says, he says I'm fortune's fool when he sh- shoots Tybalt, mm-hmm. but then when Juliet dies, I defy you. Stars. I, yeah, I defy you. Stars. I defy you. Stars. Oh you know, I've, I've said that a few times. I've shaken my fist at the sky, <laughs> and I'm like, I have to go back geez. to work on Monday. Yeah. Then I defy you, stars. <laughs> have you forsaken me? I mean, come on. <laughs> We gotta pull that drama somewhere. But okay, how about that? Like the priest is like, I'm gonna give you these drugs, and it's gonna be like you're dead, but you're not. And Juliet's like, all right, okay, Okay. sounds good. (laughs) Okay, and how about let's talk about this? This moment where she's going to bed, and she tells her mom, you know, farewell. God knows when we will see each other again. And and she's like, I want the mom, and I want the mom to just be like. Say what? See you in the morning. Okay. What? <laughs> what did moment. you just say? I feel like we need to breathe for a moment because, <laughs> yes, okay, Juliet 
has gotten the drugs from the priest. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going back a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take these tonight. It's going to knock me out. Everybody's going to think I'm dead. You know? And her mom comes in to say goodnight to her. <laughs> and Juliet says to her, farewell. God knows when we shall see each other again. Mm-hmm. And her mom looks at her and she's like, well, goodnight. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, goodnight. <laughs> it's like, okay. If totally my kid- normal, average thing to say when you're going to sleep. <laughs> Like, if my kid said something cryptic like that, and like, turning the lights back yeah. on, and be like, what's going on? Let's Come to the bathroom, it. we're throwing up. Yes. Come on. Come yeah. with me. Come on, Mia. They're drinking some charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Open your mouth. Stick my finger in there. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. I just love how she's like, well, good night. <laughs> like, did you miss something, lady? Yeah. But no. also, maybe, reflective of how far removed doped out this mom yeah, is true. alcoholic sure. she's just like, yeah. uh-huh. i'm depressed mm-hmm. who are you again <laughs> my dick just died you know she's like, a she's a couple of vicodins yeah, in already yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. she's just like all right i'll see you in the morning <laughs> you know, i gotta she's, get to a bar cart she's sleeping with prince valium tonight <laughs> <laughs> always delivers always delivers um so yeah so then leo doesn't or romeo doesn't get the letter mm-hmm. and but yeah i have to say though this feeling of anxiety yeah. is still very real mm-hmm. like the way they do it in this film i'm just like <gasps> like you almost think that is everything gonna work out and we like, know how it i ends. know that yeah, i know yeah. that i've seen this movie a lot but maybe they'll maybe it'll <laughs> maybe work this, out in the end i don't but know not only that, you know maybe this time there's an alternate <laughs> ending but like shakespeare always tells us at the beginning how this is gonna end yeah, yeah. Like no surprises. The like, woman, the woman on the damn TV told us that yes, it did yes, not end well. Yes, we know said, this. In two and hours, they go die. I mean, okay. So Leo, um, I keep on calling him Leo because hey, he is Leo, but Leo. Romeo shows up to the church. How cool is the church with all these neon? Oh my crosses? gosh, I mean, the neon cross. So cool. Get out of here. I mean, I want to go to that club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so hot right now. Yeah, like this so has cool. Everything. Neon crosses, <laughs> neon crosses. Yeah, dude. Like oh beds my of god, flowers, beds of flowers, <laughs> candles everywhere. I mean, yes. The fire chief is like on <laughs> speed dial. So I remember when they would be when they did press for this movie, they would always talk about how they couldn't keep a straight face during this scene. Romeo and Juliet. Claire Danes and Leonardo on their, oh, on so not their, when they were <laughs> when they were actually <laughs> filming thank you for clarifying <laughs> that it's the yeah. most important scene of the entire uh-huh. movie mm-hmm. and they cannot get through the scene I remember, did they say what? I remember just them talking about that a lot. Interesting. The, Interesting. Because it's funny that she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um I mean it's a very dramatic scene. But so well done. Yeah. Like, honestly. like. Well, they incorporated this gag in this movie that we hadn't seen of he takes the potion and she starts waking up. Yes. Yes. We've never mm-hmm. seen that and before. We, that never happened. He just dies and then, and then she, she wakes, wakes up. up. So well, and also there's... Now he knows that, oh shit, she wasn't dead. They have that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, when you see her like fingers starting to move, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. stop, stop, like, stop. You know, and she <laughs> opens her eyes but doesn't like... But like, he's she's, looking away and she's and looking... Yeah. Like, and you know what? There's <laughs> something kind of interesting of how they edit the movie that there's flashes of the scene earlier. So yeah. it's almost like... Yeah. Romeo is having this premonition like of you know. his tragic end, right. and he yeah. just can't quite put yeah. the pieces together with yeah. it. I think, that's and she sees it earlier too when yeah. she's when he's in the pool. She's like, I, I, "It's yes. like I see you at the bottom of a grave." Yeah. Like they both have premonitions throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. There's where she even says, "You know, and take him and cut him up like the stars." She's talking about his death. Yeah, yeah. you know. So I yeah. think they're like. <laughs> 
They're alluding to it. Like, I'm like, you kids are psychic and you're yeah. not even listening to your own advice. Yeah, but, but I always thought that that was just an extra, like, punch oh, in the gut when she, yeah. like, opens her eyes and he sees it. And he's just like, oh, shit. And I'm going to say what this. What did I do? And you could totally cut this out <laughs> because it's, like, offset. But it reminded me of Lady Hawk, that <laughs> moment where he's the wolf and, you know, he's transitioning back into man and she's mm. transitioning into the hawk mm-hmm. and they see each other for a second and yeah. you're just like, no! You know, and then she turns into a hawk and flies away. You know? And it just reminded me of like that split second where they see each other and it's just like, nope. Yeah. Too late. You know? Yeah. And and then we get that famous Claire Danes cry. That cry, mm. man. Ugh. Iconic. And, and she's got the wedding ring wrong with the like ch- the ball the chain, chain hanging, hanging off it. That's yeah. like, oh, and so the cool. way she's looking around, like she did just wake up from a long nap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Where, <laughs> like what day is this? Here? You know, <laughs> I've had that look many times. Um, but yeah, and that cry, I, I'm not even going to try to imitate it. But no. like, it's funny, but it's real. Yeah, right. Because sometimes your cry is bigger than you that it takes over your body, like like that. You it's know, the, it's those Claire Danes waterworks. Yeah. Okay. That's her moneymaker. She had the good chin quiver. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then that my was... only hang up is that she shoots herself and it's so neat. Very clean. Very, I'm like, Very yeah. clean. dude, her brains would be There's just like everywhere. a tiny drop it on like, Leo. It was more like, <laughs> like it was just like <laughs> a little pinprick. Yeah. yeah. Like right there inside of your head. But the bodies yeah. fall to a very like beautiful So pose. pretty. Mm-hmm. And the way it pans up. Like that aerial view, right? While it's showing you their their moments together, mm-hmm. their whole relationship, yeah, which lasts yeah. like five minutes. Two days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But how it ends with that kissing under the water, like mm-hmm. so pretty. Like that, yeah. so romantic, so pretty. Ridiculous, yeah. you know, <laughs> but <laughs> but so pretty. Yeah. And then um, the ending with the chief of police, which is, you know, the Just chief prince. scolding everybody. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then I love how... We just, we're wrapping up this story and, you know, we're seeing it through the eyes of these characters, but then you're suddenly looking at like the public, like yeah. the way it gets yeah. grainy, like you're watching this on TV. Mm-hmm. This is how the public is receiving You're given it. this outside per- perspective of the events of this movie. Yes. So you're, you're just a little removed from mm-hmm. everyone involved. Yeah. 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 And then it ends with exit song for a movie. Oh, so good. (laughs) Can can we just take a moment to talk about this? Again, Radiohead. I I did not know that he wrote this song for the movie. I didn't know that. That I just assumed that it was a B-side for Mm -hmm. Kid A or something. Mm -hmm. No, so Talk Show Host was a a B-side, but apparently Baz Luhrmann sent Radiohead like the last 20 minutes of the film, Mm -hmm. asked them to write a song for it. And they said yes. So I'm just like, what? Because we all know, I mean, Radiohead's so talented and I adore them. But, you know, I think they could be a little bougie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And, and rightfully so about what they select to work mm-hmm. for. But, yeah, they wrote this song for the movie. Yeah. And it's exit song for a movie. And for me as a teenage girl in love with Radiohead, with this movie, two songs. Yeah. Also, I mean, Johnny Greenwood is just sort of... He's gone on to... He's gone on to have this huge career in composing from film scores that, I mean, this was probably one of his first involvement with a movie, just like, with a feature. Well, Tom York did Suspedia. 
Yeah, right. He did the main. Yeah. yeah, he did the main theme from Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. and like Johnny Greenwood, this year he's done Licorice Pizza and Spencer. Oh, I didn't know he did Licorice Pizza. Probably going to. I mean, did he not do um uh, uh the Shaggy Dog uh the Kirsten Dunst? He, oh, yes, he did. Dog. He, he did do Power of the Dog. Power of the I'm Dog, not the Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog. You know what I'm talking about. Power of the Dog. With, Power of the Dog. Uh, Jane okay. Campion yep. is going to win Best Director for this movie. But honestly, like this song, walking out of the theater, like so perfect. Yeah. So it just fit the tone of it. You're just like, oh my god. And like Baz Luhrmann, like I'm so envious of his talent and his ability to bring all and, this. Yeah. And it's so interesting that he doesn't make a lot of movies. Yeah. That, but when they do get made, they are an event. Even something like Australia, that maybe isn't great. It's still a sight to be. Be like, beheld. To be held. Yeah, to Have be you ever seen Australia? Mm-mm. Yeah. Nicole I mean, Kidman it's this big Gone with the Wind like Australian epic. It's not great, but it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Though. I think for Americans, we're just like, it's fine. But I think in Australia, they're like, yeah. they're Gone with the Wind. <laughs> okay. But I mean, yeah, it's like when you, you watch this in, in Moulin Rouge and you said, you know, Strictly Ballroom, it's kind of like they consider Baz and, and uh, the red, they consider the, it this trilogy. Aren't they called the Red Curtain Trilogy? Red Curtain Trilogy. Yeah. Right. I've never seen Strictly Ballroom. You'll love it. We should watch it together. Mm-hmm. That's the night of it. Yeah. And I and I'll never forget when when Moulin Rouge came out. We were just like obsessed. Obsessed. And you and I both love you. And I mean, he's our man. It's you, McGregor. I mean, I cannot <laughs> cut him up. We've we've covered Moulin Rouge on the podcast. Yeah, we did an episode of it on. That was a fun episode. So it's good to return to Baz. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, these movies came out, Moulin Rouge in particular came out, and this was, and we refer to this a lot, this was the golden age of the special edition DVD. Oh, yeah. I can tell that our DVD for Romeo and Juliet and the Moulin Rouge DVD were probably produced around the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they just sort of... Yeah, because we we didn't have special edition DVDs in 1996, but when Moulin Rouge came out... That thing, like, there's so much, like, special. It's just packed. Mm-hmm. And for people like us, we just wanted to know everything. Everything. Anything movies. I could get my hands on yeah. of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I have the poster. I, I I was telling you guys off mic that I collected these postcards that they had for Romeo and Juliet in the teen magazines uh, of yeah. shots of Romeo. And I have them in a box still somewhere, yeah. you know. So this has been awesome. I'm so glad we've, we've <laughs> yeah. done this. It's a fun movie to revisit. I think it holds up really well. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I would want to show it to some a teenager with fresh eyes. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll show it to my niece Isabella in a few yeah. years when she opens herself up to love. <laughs> she's like, a, she's so cute. She's about to get into high school. And she's like, yeah, I still don't like boys. You know, or girls. Oh, and she's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right, Miha. You, you focus on your studies, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to know, like, I'm like, is it just me or is this movie freaking amazing? Because no, I, yeah. I still look at it and yeah, I'm just it's like, you know, I mean, now I look at it with the adult eye and I'm like, yeah. girl, Mary Paul Rudd, you know? Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing of Romeo and Juliet. The, yeah. the, the, uh, property or the, you know, what it is, it's, it's so tied to its time, and we can't get around the fact that it's like these are teenagers that are getting married in two days and they end up killing each other. All yeah. Right. yeah, they're being lot. run by their hormones yeah, and yeah, their yeah. emotions, <laughs> yeah. you know? But the, y- the material is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. this movie, though, it's just like it's, yeah, it's so well done that it just doesn't feel dated at all. It feels just as fresh and yeah. relevant. Yeah, as totally, it did, totally. Know? Vintage and- Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I had read that Baz Luhrmann, when he did this movie, he wanted to do the movie that he felt that William Shakespeare would have directed. Sure. Sure. Because he felt like William Shakespeare was making his place for the drunks and the queen. Yeah. And like, yeah. and he was a, a theater man, yeah. like very for theatrical yeah, for yeah. the people. So he, he, he tried to get into that mindset of like directing the kind of movie that he thinks William Shakespeare mm-hmm. would have directed if he could have made a movie today. If William Shakespeare was tuning into MTV. <laughs> at the time. Yes. Yep. yes. William Shakespeare wants his MTV. Oh, my God. Well, I think we uh, need to wrap this up. This I think was so much fun. About that time, this is a saga. Yeah, Sorry. This was, no, no, no. This was great. This was a lot of fun. Season four, man. <laughs> starting off yeah, with the, we're starting the bangers. Out, we're starting out with a lot of movies that I've been saving for a while. Uh, we did kind of a 90s double feature of romances. Mm-hmm. That, uh, next week's movie is also kind of... A 90s romance that I've been waiting to get to. Ooh. So it's fun to finally get to all of these big movies yes. that we've been waiting for. And it's fun to finally have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. I was so excited about this. Yeah. And just, You're an yeah. extra special guest because you are a dear friend of <laughs> oh, yes, both of ours. So. Thank you. No, this has been fun. I love your podcast. Thank and, you so much. You know... I, at the end of the day, I always tell you guys, it's business. Like, I'd love to come back and be on a podcast episode, but I'm no way pushing myself to have been a part of this today and to be in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. was so freaking awesome. So oh, thank you, thank guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Do you want to uh, plug your self? And- <laughs> plug myself? Yeah. yeah you I know, mean, I'm you- a jack of all trades. But yeah, you know yeah. what's so funny Tell is- um, about what you do. Yeah. So I'm a life coach. I'm a spiritual life coach, love which it. is so funny because- you know, sometimes when I'm talking to my clients, I'm like, you know, I'm actually getting this knowledge from movies that I've seen because <laughs> you know I, mean? I have such a love for film. No, no. Yeah. So I'm a spiritual life coach, but I do have an Instagram called Goddess Fix Your Crown because I, pr- I primarily work with women. I'm into women's empowerment, you know, and just unleashing the goddess in each and every one of us. And so, yeah, Goddess Fix Your Crown, follow me. I also do the Red 813, which is the I am. And that's a whole spiritual platform. So yeah, that's why I'm saying it's it was so fun to do this because on the side, I'm always talking about emotions, spirituality. And it's just like, man, when I get to hang out with you guys, yeah, we talk feelings, <laughs> but like we, we shoot the shit so much yeah. about movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that balance in my life. So yeah, so yeah, people can follow me there. And if people need some life coaching, I'm here. Reach out. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, we would love to have you on again yeah. in the future. We'll sometime. have you on. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll confer and think about what our next project will be. But until then, thank you again. We're gonna play you off the top model and theme, we'll, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
um, free commentary tracks that you can check out. We've got two free tracks. Um, we've got uh, what are our free tracks on Patreon? They are uh, ten Wait, things ten I hate things about I hate you. about you and Scream and Scream One. Those are our free tracks. Mm-hmm. So you can take a listen to our commentary, see how those work. We just did one like for them. Sex in the City 2 in yes, honor indeed. of And Just Like That ending. Yes. and Ending um, its first season. Mm-hmm. And so you can check out and see if you like those uh, commentary tracks. And if you do, then you can contribute to the Patreon and unlock for $10 mm-hmm. all of our uh, commentary tracks. There's quite a few of them on there. You can also check out on Instagram. There's a list of all of our Patreon mm-hmm. commentaries. So uh, that's all fun and, uh, over there on patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. You can also follow us on social media. We are at movies that made us gay on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter at MTMUG pod. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'd love it if you could rate and review our show. Give Leave us five us a, stars. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. You can give us five stars on Spotify. Uh, Spotify, you can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All that stuff helps us out uh, a whole heck of a lot in the, uh, you know, uh, podcast mm-hmm. sphere over on, yeah. on Apple. So do that whenever you get a chance. And maybe we'll read out one of your, well, we'll definitely read out your good, good positive review uh, on an upcoming episode. So head over and um, check that out. You can also follow us on socials. My name's Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. So check it out. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to season four and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.